Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. On this episode, I am joined by Brandon Jones. Hell yeah. And Bradley Ellis. Hello. Um, we're recording this, I think, three days before we do our deliberations. So we're right there. Always a big time of the year for us. Uh, by the way, I will be your host, Ben Moore. Should should not forget to say that. But how are you guys feeling about 2020 Game of the Year? Is it different at all from the past? Mm, I mean, enough time, man. We won't be in a room together, I guess. Yeah. So it'll, it's, it's going to be a lot different this time. Do you think not being in a room will make it go faster or slower? <laughs> Good question. I think it will be faster. Oh, okay. <laughs> just because I feel like sometimes we're in a room together, we just go off topic. We just ramble about stuff forever. Yeah. I'll put my money on slower then. We'll, we'll <laughs> that's the spread. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hoping um, faster. But it's, I mean, yeah, it always comes down to, um, you know, some categories just take a super long time. And so it's mm-hmm. like, it could, there's always a possibility that we could finish that thing in four hours and be like, oh, you know, like we're all just kind of in agreement, you know, but uh, there's just, God, there's just never enough time. Like yeah. we, we do, we do goatees after like everybody. And it's yeah. always like, I feel bad. Like, oh, it's so late. You know, like we're really taking our time. And it's just like, I'm not going to be able to finish Hades. I'm not going to be able to finish Ori. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able, you know, like 13 Sentinels, Ben, like I, I want to, I really want to check it out. I think I would really enjoy that game. I just, yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely not enough time to get to, to everything. But I think um, among all eight of us, there will be a pretty good spread. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll be like nice. everything. It's not a matter of playing every game that came out in 2020. But like it really starts to narrow down. Yeah. Starting in like mid-October where you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like... It's not, thank you for that cyberpunk review, Ben. I was like, all right, put that on the shelf there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's really good stuff in that game, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not, yeah, you just got to pick pick and choose your battles. Right, totally. Um, I think that's kind of, and I've felt this way before about Game of the Year, but this year as well, um, I'm okay with like multiple things winning Game of the Year. Mm, it, yeah. It's like, I don't know, I haven't counted, but there's probably like four or five things, maybe three or four, where if it wins, I'd be very happy. We'll see, we'll see. I feel like Huber will always has one that, he like comes out swinging for and that yeah. will change the the nature of of the discourse we'll have to see um but speaking of games uh i don't believe we've actually talked about it on frame trap and both of you have been playing it and that is assassin's creed valhalla not playing valhalla, valhalla yeah brandon finished brandon it. finished it yeah. how uh-huh. how many hours did you spend on it brandon 117 <laughs> Yeah, Huber's like, Huber's like, you're not gonna do the DLCs. I'm like, no, Huber, I'm not gonna do the DLCs. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will. I don't know. I didn't do it for Odyssey, not one, not for a second. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was That's writing all... timestamps. What was that number again? 117. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I'm not playing this game. It's yeah. not gonna happen. And I, I mean, I got like the way that. So like, there's three types of objects you can get. There's fortune which is like money and armor and supplies and stuff there's mysteries which are the best like that's the stuff i really wanted to hunt and then there's uh, artifacts so like documents and masks that you can give to a guy at your camp who can you know unlock statues that you can build and like the 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 white markers were the first one I knocked off where I was like I got I got stop and then like you know the gold you know circles where I was like I don't even 
like I'm, I'm not going to level up my armor anymore. Like I got my dual daggers, I'm set, and I got the raven armor. That's what I wanted the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I'm good. I got to stop. But it's so hard to just like go into an area and it's like there's a big chest in there. You just got to figure out how to get in that chapel. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> stop. Yeah, Brandon, I feel like anything that I play for over a hundred hours, like I really got to love it. Which leads me to believe that you really love this game. I loved exploring that world. Hell yeah. I mean, like that's that's um and it I I took a vacation from Assassin's Creed, skipped uh, over Origins, didn't finish Syndicate uh after Unity and uh just fell in love with Odyssey again and mm-hmm. just kind of like dabbled in Odyssey to be like, "Okay, let me just get a sense of this game." And then I was like hooked. I'm like, "God damn, oh, man." Mm-hmm. And uh I I kind of went into this knowing like, "Okay, well, if I loved Odyssey as much as I did." And Huber gave me one of those like, after he played for, like, 20 or 30 hours, when he was reviewing it, he just sent me a message on Slack. He's like, you're going to love this, John. So I was like, okay, all right. Like, I think yeah. I think I'll dig it. And, like, you know, Norwegians, that's my clan. That's that's half of my lineage. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I've, I've been to Norway. I've, I've sailed the fjords. Mm. So it was uh, it was neat um, uh, going through that world and, um, you know, seeing, like, London way back in the day, you know, and uh, see, seeing words where I'm just like, Snottinghamshire. Oh, Nottingham. Okay, you know. Yeah. I was doing the notes for the the spoiler mode and Google Google uh Docs kept being like, "Did you spell that right?" I'm like, "I did." Google Docs calm down. Grantenburgenshire, what is it? I'm like, "It's fine." Yeah. But yeah. Uh I so I played uh, a fair bit of Odyssey and I actually started it over multiple times and I always just reached this point in Odyssey where I'm like, "Yeah, I'm really enjoying this, but I'm good. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on." Uh, just because I felt like it became a bit of a grind, which is definitely something that is noted against Odyssey. Do you think Valhalla, especially at that length, is is guilty of the same thing, or does it manage to have better pacing? I yeah, as far as grinding in terms of skills, like you don't need, you know, like I I, I don't know about you, Brad, but like I didn't do a lot of ability shuffling. Like I mm-hmm. found like okay, I want to set my arrows on fire, salt, mm-hmm. you know, like that that part of my you know hud you know that button press did not change the entire 100 hours like or or at right. least the hours after i got that ability and like i said like once i maxed out the armor i was like i'm good and i had way more supplies than i actually needed you know to level up um uh, my gear and so and it's just not that hard of a game like mm. you really kind of have to find your own challenge in terms of like what you want to stealth like you don't really need to stealth that much you don't um, in the game at all there weren't a lot of fail states and missions it was really like the the the, the most scared i was was like there's just you have to make decisions sometimes where it's like one of these three people is a traitor or you're kind of in between this rock and a hard place and one of these guys has got to die what are you gonna do or like you got to appoint one of these people eldermen and you're like um they're all kind of unqualified but i guess that guy um and, you know, in some instances, there are right, wrong answers. And in some instances, it's just kind of what you want to do. And so mm-hmm. that's that's where I was really tense, whereas, like, the combat was always just, like, mm-hmm. not bad. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun working, dude, especially if you're a Viking. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's fun chopping heads off and stuff. But, um, yeah, don't, don't need to grad. For anybody that hasn't played it, it's, like, pick the armor you want, the weapons you want. Maybe experiment a little bit, but, you know, you don't need yeah. to go overboard. It's definitely more action-focused, I feel like this time around even more than odyssey which i don't really like mm. like I, I guess it makes sense because you're a viking and everything and they build it kind of around like raiding with yeah. your group but uh, this is kind of boring man like i do like two raids and i'm like uh kind of sick of this already is it sure. 
something that is pretty immediately boring, or is it after I mean, doing multiple of them you just, that gets boring? I mean, doing multiple, you know, you fight for a while, then like you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And the combat's fine. I don't think it's bad or anything like that, but it's just not enthralling enough to be like. Assassin's Creed, I really love the sense of like danger and not wanting to get seen kind right, of thing. Definitely. I am playing on a harder difficulty too, which like kind of helps that. But I definitely feel like the game almost just encourages you more to just rush in because you can summon your like horde of Vikings with you almost at a lot of these uh, forts so they can just rush in and distract a lot of the guys for you. So I don't get the sense of like sneaking in and trying to have to pick off these guys. Yes, you can, but you don't really have to. Which kind of bums me out. Yeah, that's that's a bummer for me as well, just because whenever I have the option, I feel like I, I like always focus on stealth. Yeah. Um, and there is like a stealth tree, like there's a path yeah, you can go is. in Valhalla, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a bummer that it doesn't feel all that necessary. But um, I have not done the raiding in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so just kind of run me through what so, that process like, is like. You're on your ship, which is cool a lot of times, you're on your ship. And you dock here, like, you say, okay, let's raid this. Everyone gets out, and you all rush towards whatever, this village. And there's certain resources behind doors. You just go through, kill guards, and essentially collect the resources, and it ends. That's and those are the resources raid. you need to upgrade, upgrade Ravenstore, your, which is your yeah. HQ. So there That's is the only place you can get those to do it, raids. which is cool. But yeah, just yeah. the act of doing it is not super fun for me. Sure. I don't know. And one thing that uh, I think I think my least favorite thing about that game, the most time I was like frustrated with it was there were so many instances where I because I just like to roam around in open world games. I was like, I'm gonna go over here and see what's there. It's fun. And uh, I think Assassin's Creed does that really well. And there were so many instances where I'm like, why can't I get into this place? And it's like, oh, you've got to you got to do the mission. And I'm like, all right, well, they don't, they don't flag that I can even do it at all. You know, like, don't even have it be a thing. Don't even identify it that it's, I'm yeah, missing that is it. Yeah, a weird choice. You know, it's like, just wait until, or just have a little thing that pops up that's like, you can't, you can't do this right now. Like, oh, thanks, cool. I, I, I think I looked that up like six different times. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then I, I got to a point where I'm like, all right, I'll just finish the arc of each region. And then when I'm done with, they're like, you're done with this region. You finish the story. It's like, now I can go and, you know, pillage mm-hmm. these other spots. Um, and there's like big red doors that you can only like bang open with another person from your crew. And so like that kind of prevents you from, from getting in there by yourself and doing it. Like you, you need to, to yeah, bring you hole. need your crew. Yeah. Um, but, um, I know I've sound kind of harsh on this game, but I'm actually having a good time playing through this game despite yeah. its flaws. Like I just, I just think the setting is really great. I love like being in England. I think mm-hmm. it looks really great. Like the, the game looks beautiful almost sometimes like the forest and everything. I, I'm enjoying going through just seeing all these new things. Yeah, there's some frustrating parts where I'm just like, man, like, why does everything have to be so difficult? Why can't I just go in this room? Like, it feels like so many times there's like, ooh, this little puzzle thing to get through here. I'm like, okay, I don't have to do this every time. Like, every now and then it's fine, but what, every time What puzzle kind of thing are you talking about? Well, it's like, okay, well, this door's locked, so figure out how to open this right. door. Mm. So you might have to go around and shoot something. Like, that's fun. Or, like, figure out how to get to this thing, so you gotta go around this way. Like, that's fun everywhere, but sometimes I just wish it was a little more straightforward. Sure. So those moments feel a little more special to me. But, yeah, man. I'm having a good time playing through this game. Like I said, the combat's not amazing, but I think it's decent enough. Sure. And on the harder difficulty, I think I do have to focus up, which is nice. Mm-hmm. A nice change. Like, there's some optional guys you could fight, like, that wander around, and some bosses that just, like, kicked my ass. 
where I was like, oh, shoot, I need to come back this much later. So I'm really appreciating that. Do you feel like there's um, enough to the mechanics that you're having a good time? Like, because I know you can dual wield. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like like you're utilizing a lot of skills or are there like cool counters that you have? to Yeah. Do, so or? you could like uh, I know you said you played some Odyssey. You can assign mm-hmm. like certain uh, skills to face buttons. Yep. You, like your L2s and your face buttons is like range stuff and your R2 is more melee stuff. So there's a lot you can kind of focus on. In Odyssey, there was like a really powerful skill where like you could do a stealth attack, but at like range, like you could zip to them yeah, like, through a spear. It. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think there might be something like this this in the game, but I don't have it yet. Mm. You have what you what what they you, you can stealth a guy, and then if there's a guy nearby, you can and he doesn't see you st- kill the first you can, guy. Like, you can throw, chuck an axe. Yeah, oh, cool! Which is just like that's knock him cool. off his feet. Yeah, yeah. it is. Cool. Yeah, that's very that's very <laughs> very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I actually like the main character too so far. Yeah, uh, that's Ivor. what I wanted did to do. Did you do male or female Jones? I did male because Hubert did female, and I knew we were going to do the spoiler mode, so I was mm, like, yeah, oh, I did male too. And I, I'm actually like liking this character. I'm like, oh, it's refreshing. Huber said, and I, I would say like the characters in particular were kind of the the biggest thing for Odyssey for me. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked Cassandra quite a bit. Um, mm. I believe Huber said that this was his favorite Assassin's Creed story, or at the very least, he had a lot of praise for the story. Well, Would, it's Vikings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but as it's not being Huber, do you do you feel that way? Um. Yes, I think some of it's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm. I mean, I'm like thirty something hours into this game. Yeah. One thing is, time has flown by me playing this game. Mm. I will just wander around and just I'm like, oh shit, I've been playing for like three hours. Yeah. Kind of thing like that. But I like the story so far. Like a lot of it's kind of divided up here. You go to this region, you solve this region's like questline story thing, then you go to the next region. But I've been enjoying some of them. So so far I haven't gotten bored of it yet. I want to keep going, but like how long is this game? I don't know. Like will yeah. I make it to the end? I hope I make it to the end. I've beaten like every main line, so I probably will, but mm. I'm enjoying it than I I would say more than I did Odyssey. I thought Odyssey was okay, but the navigation Odyssey kind of annoyed me. From what I remember, it was like a lot mm. of a lot of islands and like Yeah. Having to sail to a lot of islands, like yeah, you have your boat in this, but it doesn't feel as mandatory a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. especially because you can upgrade your horse, which is cool, and get like more stamina. And you, could, I got it so I could ride it through water, so I don't have to get <laughs> off the horse. I'm like, oh, this is sick. It's funny, and you know, obviously, this can change, but I feel like all the allies like have those games where like they know that they're in, like. Huber is always going to play Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just like, oh, I, I might. I might check it out. I might not. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. V- versus like Monster Hunter, where it's like, yeah, I'll yeah, play that forever. Yeah, 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 of course. And it's just interesting how those decisions get made over mm-hmm. the years. Um, I think maybe because Assassin's Creed games are so daunting now for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Like, Matt, like, there's so much you can do in these games and spend so much time. Yeah. I wonder if people like are intimidated by that factor. But I also think if you're kind of the person that only buys a few games of the year, man, you can get a lot of value. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, and what you're describing, Brad, of just like having that game that you just kind of lose track of time with and wander around and explore a beautiful mm-hmm. world, you know, especially right after next gen, like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. And I think 
one of the things that I, th- I haven't again didn't play Origins, but I think that Odyssey and Valhalla does really well is Odyssey is I mean you know and not necessarily inspired by it, but obviously evoking like the Odyssey you know right. like that the, the the grand text and and you are exploring all these islands of Greece and you are you know you know like it, it you're you're in between these major you know you're in the middle of a war essentially and so it's when you look at the map you can really see these two sides and you can really know like what side of the war you're on like in whatever town that you're in and in this like you are you are this is a conquest of England. <laughs> like you are going, you know, to the far like snowy, you know, tips to like the very bottom, like London, just on top of the Thames. And like, so it is, it is a big undertaking what you were doing. Like with the end, when I saw that conquest map and it's just all Ravens, like, wow. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that was, that was not like, I don't remember any of that. It was like, no, that was, that I, you know, that was a big, mm-hmm. big story that I just went through. So it's not like a story that kind of goes on and you're like, where is the, you know, why is this taking so long? It's like, obviously it's taking so long because each region is its own complete separate, you know, day long thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I like that they at least are backing up their, these just massive campaigns for a reason. It's not just like, oh, it's just this crime story. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it's mm-hmm. like 200 hours later, you're like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a Viking going to whoop England. And, yeah. you know, I, I start, you spend an hour or two in Norway before you even get there, you know, and I'm building up the settlements. And so there's just a lot of things for you to look back when you're done and be like, wow, that was, uh, you know, I have something to show for all of the work that I did. Yeah. Um, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but when you're doing the raids, is there any sort of like strategic element of like divvying up different soldiers to different locations or commands you, that no, you can issue? No, none of that. Okay. You can like select soldiers and like make your own kind of raiding party. You can recruit uh people from the game. Doing is it some kind of like line. Odyssey, how you recruit people for your ship? I think so. Yeah, I don't remember too okay. well, but you can recruit players, characters too. Do you, so you, do you think that, that that has a pretty significant effect on raids or like you don't have to worry about it? And you'll be I just don't fine? know. I never even think about what they're doing. OK, honestly. OK. Every now and then thing. when you finish a campaign, someone's like, I'm going to come back and live with you. And I'm like, cool. And then they I just never, yeah. <laughs> never noticed that they were there. Like never, you know, like, yeah, like maybe they're in my boat. I I don't know. I definitely felt a little more of a kinship with uh, um, my crew in mm. Odyssey than the, the Vikings that were in this one. I loved sure. them. Like, and there were some really fun moments, like cutscenes that were in Ravensthorpe, where like you know some some random Vikings in the background would get a couple lines of dialogue, and like they were always fun. Like it was really it was it was a, the Viking way is a good vibe. Mm-hmm. And Ravensthorpe has a good vibe, and there's there's losses, and there's you know like uh, some shopkeepers and stuff like that that you can you know uh, go on like campaign. You know, go on little with, side yeah. stories with and stuff. And, like, you get, like, a pet or, like, at one point I got a cat that I could have on the boat. So, like, you you know, you get these little bits. But That's pretty awesome. It, it's nothing like, um, I remember, like, you know, when I played Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, like, I would, like, color code each member by their rank and then, like, know who, like, who I was assigning and how long they'd been in. Mm-hmm. And this is just like, yay, more dudes in my boat. You know? Yeah. It was kind of OP in Brotherhood, but it was pretty sick just like calling Summoning. in assassins yeah, and having them take so it. Much. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty I'm so sad they've never even come close to that. I thought Syndicate was maybe gonna do that again, but they yeah. never really brought that back. Uh shout out to the mini games though. I like them in this game. There's, There's like, this like dice game you okay. play, it's fun. Warlock. There's the drinking <laughs> game, which is really yeah. fun I love. <laughs> And there's like this game of wits you do with people where you kind of like have a That's rhyming my battle with them. Flighting. That's my favorite. Yeah, flighting. And it has a like actual purpose. It kind of increases your like charm stat almost. So you can use 
some extra dialogue and conversations. Like I was able to talk some woman down out of me having to pay her silver for something. Mm. So I was like, oh, there is a reason to do and this. And it's fun. Yeah. And Eivor's cool. reactions are legit. Like when you pick yeah. those options, you're like, what's he going to say? And like, yeah. oh, yeah, you've talked your way out of that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and those, yeah, flighting was some of my favorite conversational stuff in the game. And it made sense that like mm-hmm. I'm proving that I'm good at talking. And uh, and it's and it's fun because there's always like the one answer that's clearly wrong. And then the two that rhyme with what they said. But one of them actually goes with the timing mm-hmm. of their words. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're like, oh, that's the answer. OK. And so it was fun. Like as somebody who did a lot of like musical theater, I was like, I'm good at this. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I was really proud. Um, when you're doing that and you're trying to figure out like the, the right words to pick, are you timed? Like, do you? Yeah, usually or, there's like a. Oh, sometimes I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe like one time there was the, the you were time, but no, you can just kind of stare at him and. Gotcha. Figure. Uh, I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's been half and half. I don't. I don't actually remember. Isn't that funny? How like, because <laughs> that that happens to me sometimes too, where like you play a game a whole bunch and somebody asks you like a question about question, about yeah. it and you just are like actually I'm not sure. Like, you, maybe you are timed in that game at parts, but I think most of the flying battles you're not. You can okay. just kind of stare at him. Mm-hmm. Um. Brad and yeah. Brandon, I believe as well. Uh, another another twofer for you guys. I believe you've both been playing, and Brad, you finished uh, Half Life Alex. Yeah, one of my favorite games of the year. I feel like Holy I've gotten God. yeah, that game. definitely one of my favorite too. Uh, I feel like I've been able to talk about it a lot, but uh, just give me your give me your thoughts about the return of Half Life. Sure, man. Like I'm not even a huge Half Life fan. Mm. Like I've played. Some of one, I've played two, and I've played episode one, but mm. I've seen what happens in episode two and everything, so I knew it was going on, and it's just like, man, was I sucked into this world. Obviously, yeah. you're immersed more because it's VR, but I just think, this doesn't feel like a cheap, kind of like, VR knockoff game. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it, it This is like a real deal Half-Life game. Yes. This is not just some weird spin-off, like, doesn't really matter. This game matters a mm-hmm. lot, dude. <laughs> And I was so impressed with how many situations. I have a few gripes with things, like the puzzles, I think, are they kind of introduce them sometimes too much. Are you talking about like, the puzzles where, like, you have to open up, like, for, yeah, an upgrade like the thing? thing? To upgrade your thing is, yeah. like, I was like, why do I have to do this puzzle every it's single time? It's my biggest complaint in the game, for sure. Yeah. Like, the puzzles, I think, are fun, and they're short enough, mm-hmm. where I'm just kind of like, uh, but it kind of did get a little annoying. But, like, Man, even the shootouts in this game were, like, so incredibly immersive. Yeah. Like, I was literally hiding behind cover, like, <laughs> standing up, just yeah. being like, oh, boop, 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 boop. And I'm like, oh, man, and I was crouching, mm-hmm. like, literally crouching, just peeking over, shooting. Man, it was great. That shotgun, when you when you get a good shot in, yeah. you know, or just sneak up on a, on a person. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting because it... it uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. I don't know. You can't. Can you play this game by like actually moving, or is it teleportation yeah, is the move. way? I did it by moving. You can do. Yeah, oh. you can do smooth movement. I I, did I, oh. I don't like doing that. I prefer the teleportation. I did, yeah, I did teleportation. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know you can do both. That's I mean, that makes it even better. You can do both cool. at the same time too. Also, but even just teleporting, like one thing that's that, that I thought they pulled off really well in the teleporting is I don't know if Ben you know remember like the official name of these things, but like those like mouths that just had their tongues are like hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and they'll nope. catch stuff. And you I know what like, they're called, and I'd, and you're I'm like, oh, well, I'll just teleport past these, and like, no, you yeah, know, like no. if it, you have to be very clear of mm-hmm. those things to like teleport past. But it's such a fun mechanic to just be like, okay. 
There's a thing I want to grab. It's right underneath one of those. All right, here, eat this bucket, right. punk. And then you throw it and the bucket goes up. You're like, okay, I got two seconds. All right, grab the thing. Okay, get out of there. Like, oh. uh, And so many clever moments were like, they would have, like there was one time, there's like these metal, the, the metal head crabs that you have to wait until they pop up yep. to like shoot mm-hmm. them underneath or yep. until they fall over and you can shoot them. Um, I, this one, I was like really trying to conserve ammo and I'm just dodging him. So I would like, Set the it to teleport and be like, come on, come on, you know, like a bull, you know, and then it would jump at me and then I would teleport right when it would jump. And then I managed to get it to jump at me and it got caught on one of those things and it pulled it up and ate mm-hmm. it. I was like, yes. <laughs> so it took a nice victory. Um, those metal head crabs, I think, are kind of like a perfect example of this because on the last frame trap, I talked about Medal of Honor above and beyond. And I definitely felt like that game was having me do too much to the point where like, I felt like VR was kind of a hindrance, like trying to hold the weapon with both hands right. and look down this iron sight. And I, sure. I feel like those iron head crab or those metal head crabs are a perfect example of me thinking like that was going to be a huge pain in the ass or like not fun. But I feel like with like the reticules that they give you and kind of the information that you have in the world, they're just a fun challenge. Like they mm-hmm. take effort, but they're not like annoying. And I feel like so much right. of, of Half-Life Alex kind of fits into that where everything is just so well designed and it's aware of what you're going through as a player and your own limitations being in VR um, that it manages to be immersive and intense without being cumbersome. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that helps with that without being cumbersome, Ben is the gravity gloves. Oh like, yeah. What an incredible idea oh, yeah, that man. just made everything so much easier and contextualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know they talk about those gloves all the time. Like he's, they talk about that tech, and you know what's I forget his name, but the Randall or something who's talking to you, like he's super proud of him, and Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and that just feels it's it's crazy how uh, because I've played some VR games where it's like reloading is like come on, come on, come on, yeah, Yeah. and by the end of that, like you, I you know you get like this upgrade for the pistol where you can like put in a clip, pop out the clip, put in another clip, Mm -hmm. and then you can have two full clips in the gun. And I'm just like, not even thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, ready, you know. And and just to, to see something so ridiculously far in the distance and be like, hey, that. Got it. I'm like, oh, that feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. And not only is it super convenient, but it just makes going through the world that much more enjoyable because they get really clever about where they put ammo clips yeah. and, and like all of that sort of stuff. And so you're just having a blast like going through you know, throwing things off the shelves, looking in trash cans, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really fun. And Brandon, you mentioned like the ease of reloading and you're totally right. Like it becomes sort of second nature as you go through the game, which is great, but it's also like enough of like a, a, a thing that you're doing. Like it takes enough time that there would still yeah. be moments where like I'd run out of a clip in the middle of a yeah. fight and I'd be like sweating. Yeah. And yeah. so it, 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 adds to the tension in that way which is really really cool yeah definitely one of my favorite parts of the game is reloading is easy and intuitive but it's still a big deal when you have to like oh yeah yeah. kind of prepare for it during encounters like man you run out of like shells in a fight you're like oh shit me flip this (laughs) over put a few in try to like maneuver and flip it back up it's so good yeah yeah and there are parts of my brain would just break and i'd be like i just forgot i'm pressing all the wrong buttons and i'm just like all right reload reload like you know that's on me I think it was smart, Ben, too, how you're saying how Medal of Honor was kind of like almost too cumbersome to play. Yeah. With these guns. I think it was smart to make everything kind of one handed yep. in this game. Yep. Or like you could do, you could like do, there's a few moments where I had both hands 
mm-hmm. up at the same time. Like I had a flashlight in my left hand, like my pistol up in the right hand. But I think it was just so much easier to do things. I was never right. battling with my like just to hold my gun right. Like everything felt as it should. And and having that other hand open allowed yeah. you to worry about things like, oh, okay, there's a grenade right here. Like I can use my free hand to you know oh, yeah. use the gravity oh. gloves, throw it back. Yeah. Well, not only that. Pockets. But, like, you got the two pockets, but then you still have that hand. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there were parts where I'm like, okay, I got a health thing and a grenade in my pockets. And here's another grenade. I'm just going to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then mm-hmm. I'm like, and you can still, because it's the analog stick that's teleporting you, which a lot of VR games do. But it's like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the trigger down and go up this ladder, uh, you know, because, like, these grenades are just too valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can take out two or three guys with this thing. And so it's like, let me see if I can get... Up the staircase and around, and still hold on to one. Like I'm, I'm right at the end. You know, there's 11 chapters, and I'm like right at the end of the 10th. And so it's oh, like nice. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish that. Um, yeah, uh, got uh, some one in that last chapter. Tonight, so I can't wait. I can't. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah. But um, uh, I'll, pro- I'll probably finish it tomorrow. Um, but it like I probably have way more ammo than I need. I rest, I restarted so many times. If I would just get scratched, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> really start you know, like i'd get to like health things be like i don't need health because yeah. i just you know went through that perfectly but uh so yeah so satisfying to you know to to, to go through a thing to have that grenade hit right you know to gr- grab a grenade that somebody threw at you you know and throw it back like right in front of them like yep. mm, yeah yeah satisfying uh i watched your review ben after i beat it yeah and i have to agree with you about the pacing of the game yeah I never felt like in a moment where I was like, this is a drag or this is too much action. They never, they never get complacent with the ideas. They're always, whether it's the environment or an enemy type or both, or just like design of the environment itself. Like it is like perfect throughout. Like the the pacing is, is like immaculate yeah my- there's a nice little bookend at the end of every section like when yeah. you get it was the same with half-life 2 and well all the half-lives where you would like you'd get to a doorway and then it would go to a loading screen and you just kind of like okay yeah. i made it you know mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm out of the sewers i'm out of that complex i'm away from those head crabs like i go okay <laughs> you know like what's this next thing gonna be uh and so just each yeah each one of those little chunks is uh, sure. is so so tasty um Brandon, you were mentioning like the head crabs getting stuck in the gi- I I can't I can't remember their names, but the giant tongue guys. Um, right. And there are so many moments like that, and I think they go a long way in making the game feel dynamic. And so, like, whenever you're getting into a firefight or just like going through the world, you'll probably have something unexpected happen. But what I really like about Alex is I I don't I don't ever feel like it relies on that stuff. Like. Mm-hmm. There's never any moment where you're like, how do I get through this? And you kind of have to put things together that you don't expect. Like everything mm-hmm. that you're doing like yeah. has a logical solution, but it doesn't begin and end at the logical solution. Like there are, you can get very, very, very creative and you are oh, rewarded yeah. for that without it mm-hmm. like necessitating it to the point that you get frustrated and you're like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like what makes that? Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing when you know not only with VR but with shooters that's so satisfying. Yeah. There was like one room I had an extra grenade. I had that grenade in my hand and I like opened up a door and there was a head crab in and I was like nope and I closed the door and it's like at the door like yeah. ah, like clawing at me and I just like boop 
open up the door, drop the grenade, close the Shut door. The door. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, suck on that. And like, feels, it just, there's something so different about actually, it's not just the situational emotions that you get being in the environment, but physically holding my hand out, letting go of the trigger to drop the grenade, and then pulling my hand in to close the door. Yeah. Like, is such a, like, when you think of like combat in games, like it's just a completely different level. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's so much different than just like our trigger. And then, Oh, you know, like I saw my hand throw it. Um, Cause it's always satisfying to blow something up in a shooter, but it's just like when you, you know, when you, uh, when you sink that three pointer and you just get a grenade right where mm-hmm. it needs to be. Uh, it, yeah. Very satisfying. I mean, I feel like still so much of like single player shooter design, like from, from the big boys anyway, is like, you know, stay on this very strict path. If you go away from it, we're going to put up a timer that ticks down that you need to return to the battlefield and just stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like there there is so much designed playfulness in Alex that it's just a blast. Yeah. Like my, my absolute favorite chapter uh, was the zoo and just... Oh my mm-hmm. God, yeah. How yeah. different that feels from every other part in the game and of course obviously jeff is, jeff, is great uh, but the the zoo just like i was legitimately terrified dude uh going through that that moment and jeff there's like this part i don't really want to spoil what jeff is but there's this part where you're under heavy distress and something is around you <laughs> and i had to do like this laser puzzle like mm-hmm. scanning the walls and flipping things and i did it then i realized Oh man, I gotta go back this way where this entity Brilliant. is. Brilliant. I'm like, oh man, now I gotta try to distract this thing and try to solve br- this puzzle at the same time. Just Humor th- through puzzle solving. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. there's so many, there were so many moments where I could tell they were trolling me, like in gameplay in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. so an object was moving or something, you know, like like a head crab was like, oh, I'm just gonna wander over here. And you're like, no, you're gonna touch the shit. You know, it's yeah. like, or like, like you were saying, Ben, it was like, oh, there's a, there's a thing or some weapon I want to grab. And then it's like, wait, you know, there was one time, you know, they have the sensors like trip mines. Yeah. And I just like went, I was like, oh, there's trip mine on the other side of that door. Well, let me open the door for it. <laughs> Set it oh. off. I'm like, obviously, duh. You know, like I need to disarm that thing. Or what I eventually did is I like went back into the hallway and shot the door and it just, and then set mm-hmm. off the trip mine. And it's like. Just those little moments of like, it worked, yep. you know, like it wasn't me being like, what is this game trying to tell me to do? You know, like there are puzzles and some of them were confusing, but I never looked up anything or, mm-hmm. you know, I still have one chapter to go. But like, I thought that was really cool that yeah. I never like went to the Internet to be like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Yeah. we just talked about Valhalla. I did that like eight times. Yeah. And this game, it was always like, oh, I figured that out. And not because I was like, oh, thanks, dumb adventure game. That's the thing I was supposed to plug into. Great. It was like, oh, OK, I see what you're. You know, it, it's almost like you could feel the developers behind you being like, he'll get it. He'll get it. And I'm like, there it is. OK. Yeah. I got to put the the ring around the thing and then. Uh, OK. Um, the only problem or I had another problem with the game besides just like um, the puzzle thing every now and then. I yeah. did have a technical problem that I ran into that I don't think I saw some people ran into it online, but none of you guys did is like in a chapter, I got to a point where I was just constantly falling through the floor and dying. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, uh, I And I had to reload it a couple times. I reloaded it, nothing, a bunch oh, of times. Damn. And I recalibrated the headset, nothing. I reset the whole chapter. It didn't work. I was like, shit, man, I don't know what to do. Then I reset it again. Then it worked. And I was like, okay, thank God, at least it worked. But yeah. it was just like some weird thing where I just got caught for like two hours. I couldn't figure out what that to do. That sucks. Yeah. 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 But I was happy I was able to get through it, but I was just... I was sad at the time because I was like, I just want to keep playing the game. But yeah. I can't. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I've been playing on Quest 2 with the link cable, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, it was a little spotty. I had to, like, do a lot of troubleshooting with my PC to have my PC, like, stop doing everything and just do this. Right. Because sure. it's like a game not made for Oculus on a system that it thinks is the Rift. <laughs> so it's like this weird kind of daisy yeah. chain idea I was of, like... on the, the Rift, and, but yeah. you played it on the Index Band. I did, yeah. The, the intended yeah. format, yeah. so I'm sure it was yeah. wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, the details still held up. I was still reading newspapers and stuff. Yeah, you know? oh, like yeah. There's, there's oh, yeah. lots of totally really, really great detail in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just, uh, and I say this as much in the review, but like going through and being amazed at how much detail is, like picking up a little teacup and there's stains inside or mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. just there's just so much texture to the world. Like I, there's, there's so much incredible visual storytelling that regardless of where you're going, you get like a sense of, of, of history yeah. and, and what's going on and how this like invasion is affecting people. And yeah. and I felt that way when I first played through Half-Life 2. And obviously, you know, Half-Life 2 is a very, very, very old game. But at the time, like the level of detail that it had was just like am- amazing. Yeah. And Half-Life Alex completely recreated those feelings for me and i for a long time like when i played it and i submitted that review i was just like oh i want you guys to experience it so bad like i felt Mm -hmm. kind of like on my own island with it and so the fact that you have gone through it and you're having very similar feelings warms my heart for sure yeah this game like no disrespect to dota or anything like that but this game felt like very much a return to valve yeah the valve that you fell in love with that we all grew up like loving and stuff like that so it's kind of a shame that a lot of people aren't going to be able to get to play this game. Yeah. Because not everyone can do VR and it is kind of expensive. Well, it's cheaper now than a lot of times. But yeah, cheaper than there's the PS5. Still a, yeah, there's still <laughs> yeah. a barrier to entry and not a lot of people have it. But I think it's a wonderful VR. It's probably the best VR game I've ever played mm-hmm. when I think about it. I Yeah. The best VR shooter, certainly, by yeah, like, yeah. that it's I've like ever Astro played. Bot and you can tell the people that played this or that made this really really care about yeah the the, the franchise really really care about the characters and the yeah. story yeah um i was nervous because i'm like well it's a prequel so i'm not gonna really really nervous about alex and you know still like i am so engaged yeah. in this world and story and uh worth noting that like funny like, yes funny game. Very funny. Like, actually a, funny. Lot, a lot of great uh environmental humor mm-hmm. but um like not an overboard of characters like it is a, it is a lonely game like yeah. you are by yourself but like um, just really, really funny short yes. quips, yes. you know, like really jokes that just kind of just pop in and that's it that I would just kind of chuckle to myself be like, that's funny. And and even just moments like that's not necessarily good writing, but like there's one puzzle where you have to like shut the power off to something. And so I shut the power off, but it knocked all the lights out. And when all the lights went out, Alex just went, Ugh. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yep, I'm going to have to go through exactly that whole how we're feeling, yeah. damn thing I just did in the dark. Like, damn it, you know? Yeah. But, and I, and I remember, Ben, when, it, when I, you know, read the review, you were saying, like, there's some really creepy parts. And I was like, God, I bet they just go overboard with the head crabs in this. And I was, like, kind of not looking forward to it. I was like, yeah. I don't want head crabs in VR. It's so worth it. Like, yeah. it's yeah. so, it is. it's so satisfying to viscerally, like, and it's interesting, by the time, Ben, you, I got to that zoo level. Mm-hmm. The I, just the one solitary head crab was like pop, pop, whatever. Right. You know, it was like. But at the beginning of the game, you're like, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's neat to like the first time an ant lion came up to me, it was like, oh my god. And then like a right. couple levels later, it's like, no, I can handle five of these at once. It's fine, yeah. you know. Like, so it's 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 neat that you get more, you get better and more comfortable and ready for new challenges as yeah. you go throughout. It's very yeah, very well paced. Um, I have to talk about. 
the Monster Hunter Rise demo. Please, yeah, do that. baby. Of course, I've played it. Um, yeah, and actually, that's... I played three different classes. One of them yeah, unintentionally. You. Right, you did. Yeah, you did great sword unintentionally, and then um, bow and heavy bow gun, which was your favorite, which was cool. Oh yeah. Uh, but Brendan, I think I I'm pretty sure amongst the three of us that you have the the least experience with Monster Hunter, and so I just wanted to kind Correct. of get your opinion on Rise, um, just like how overwhelming it was or not overwhelming or what really stood out to you that was cool? Um, I think the only thing that's overwhelming, an example of like the level that it would take where, because it was interesting, I couldn't see your perspective, but you were streaming. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting playing a level with you and then having you switch to the other team on our group stream and then watching you play. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and seeing how fast you're going through the options. And uh, you were like, you were like, be sure to set up your dial. And I'm like... that's fine (laughs) like i'm not i'm not because i'm ranged like i'm not gonna get poisoned i'm not gonna you know like i did i didn't have to deal with a lot of like status elements and stuff or like uh and one thing was like traps like you would sit down shock traps a lot and i'm just like i'm okay you know i'm not and i'm also doing zero prep so Mm -hmm. like while uh there was one thing we fought that i think was like water themed and so like the the, the, and that was when i had um the yeah the bubble guy and so that's when i had my uh when i was doing the, the the big gun and I had all these different ammo types, and one of them was shock. And so I was like, "Oh, let's let's do it." And so mm-hmm. like I noticed like the damage, you know, you know, uh, go up considerably. And it's like, well, if we were going to maybe do the hard mode of that, or if that was a new monster, I would probably work to craft as much of that as I possibly could before we did this. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's a demo, and I'm just kind of jumping into this. And they're like, "Here's 50 rounds, go for it." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." Um, uh, so that's why I kind of like ranged because it's I I don't have to stress out too much about placement and um, so where it is something I really enjoy. It's, it's not something that I would, uh, it's kind of like being a tank in an MMO. It's like, I, I don't want that much pressure to be like right in the thick of things to right. be kind of like the, the beating heart of the group. It's like, I kind of like just, if I can just standing back and, um, and pelting this thing. I think I might've been doing bow wrong. Cause I just wasn't getting the numbers I was sure. getting on, on the, the big gun. I, I definitely feel like Monster Hunter is one of those games where, like, you think you understand a weapon, and then you yes. see somebody else do something, and you're like, yes. oh, okay, that's that's actually you how it's supposed to be done. watch the video of some guy yeah. doing something, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Brandon, you just reminded me, because <clears throat> I've been playing a lot of games with my wife, and there are just certain things where, like, I'll try to tell her how important it is, and she's just like, yeah, no. Like, anytime I mention, like, drifting, like, in Mario Kart, she just refuses to drift. She's just like, I just don't care. I just don't need to drift. Just tell me what the go button is in the steer. And um, buffs. She's just not interested in buffs, the concept of buffs. Like, it's just, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Monster Hunter, wrong game. Yeah, yeah. We actually did play some Monster Hunter Rise together. Um, And it was very fun. Yeah, Ben, I know, sorry, this is off topic, but you will appreciate it because it concerns cooking. Oh, yeah. So, I feel, I, I... I have that too because she'll be playing something and I'm like, I, I, I just, it, she's like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, just, two seconds. Mm-hmm. If you do this, if you practice, and so she's playing Immortals right now and she's loving it, but like she's really bad at dodging. Like she'll get in and she'll be like, I'm going to attack you six times. And I'm like, right. you're going to get three hits in and then you got to get the hell out of there right. because it's going to hit you. Right. And if you run at something, it's going to hit you. Like it's going to see you. So you want to run at something, piss it off, have it go to swing, dodge, and then you get in there and you do damage. Uh, and she's like, okay, all right, fine. Okay. 
and then we just we got sponsored by HelloFresh, and so I've been making meals, and I'm in the kitchen, and she's like, I, I wish I wish, and I was like, oh, that's what it's like. Yes, <laughs> I was yes. like, I get it now. And she's like, I just if you're gonna do the shallots, I would just cut it like this, and then right. do, okay, all right, now now you just do whatever you want to do. And I was like, okay, cool. It's nice to see the other <laughs> the other side of that coin. Yes, definitely. Um. But Brad, I, I felt bad because during the stream you were oh I mean dealing with some hardcore lag it's a demo dude right it's like you know it is what it is it's not the full game um but as somebody who played lo- a lot of Longsword in Iceborne how how do you mm-hmm. feel about it in Rise uh it seems super familiar mm-hmm. I actually watched like a guy breaking down everything because yeah. I was like you said <laughs> you think you know weapon until you like really dig in right. And I found there's like a few different things. What's the the grapple bug? Or the wire whatever. bug. Yeah, the wire bug. The wire bug. bug. Yep. Yeah, it kind of ties in. There's like a few like a move you can only do with the wire bug, mm-hmm. that you or you have to incorporate with the wire bug to do now. Uh, I think it's really good. Still, I love the long sword because it's such a like a reactionary weapon. I would say a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is reacting to what the monster is doing at the time, yeah. like countering something like that or setting up a certain attack. I mean, I guess a lot of Monster Hunter is that, but mm-hmm. I just really like the way it plays. Um, I love the Palamutes. Yeah. Like, this, mm-hmm. These, these have to be staples and everything mm-hmm. or every Monster Hunter from now on. I won't lie, the the downgrade in graphical and frame rate has been like very noticeable For to sure. me. Yeah. Especially because I played some Iceborne on a PS5 and it was super nice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm playing on Switch now, like 1080p, 30 frames, like. Don't get me wrong, the art style is still good, and right. it's still good. When I was playing it, I was having a really good time, but I definitely noticed and it was very jarring at first. But I, th- I think Ben, yeah. visually, the main thing that kind of makes me sad about seeing Monster Hunter in that state, especially after World, because I'm not, you know, not somebody who follows Monster Hunter, but when I saw the mm-hmm. first trailer for World, I was like, "Whoa, this yeah. franchise has never looked like this before, yeah. has it? This is no. insane." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny to get into these like little forest hallways and like. You're like, oh, I'm going to gather some resources. And it's like grass texture, plant. <laughs> You're right. like, oh, I, I wonder if that's something I can collect. <laughs> you know, like they kind of stick out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they try to blend them in a little bit to the environment. But mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah, super nitpicky. But yeah, I played some by myself too later mm-hmm. on. And I was like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. I'm having a great time. This is Monster This is like, this is just what I wanted to be. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's. My my big takeaway from it is I'm glad it's not just Monster Hunter World on Switch. Right. Um, that it really, really has its own identity. And, you know, the Palamute, like you mentioned, is a big part of that. Uh, but I also just think in terms of world design and then the wire bug, like the wire bug is one of yeah. those things that feels like it fits into Monster Hunter so well because yeah. it's something that, like, you can immediately understand. Like, you, you get the idea of, like, okay, yeah, I can zip up there or... Uh, you know, I can use it to escape or whatever, but it's something where the the more that you practice it and the more you understand, because like Monster Hunter combat like is all about rhythm and it's all about mm-hmm. like being like, okay, when are my openings? When am I going to attack? And the wire bug like just makes that rhythm, I think, even more intricate. It's like, yeah, when do I do my special moves? Like, when should I, you know, go in for an aerial attack? You know, all, all of that stuff. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was say I think it's cool that there's some abilities tied to it specifically. Yeah. Like you can only do it with it. I do like that. You know, some abilities may take two charges or right. one charge, so you got to be very deliberate about. Like, it seems like the clutch claw, like the clutch claw, was like the base of the ad- idea. I would say for Iceborne, yeah. but this they're just kind of like giving it a little more even depth. Right. Like the fact that you could get on a monster, 
and have it do some moves like attack yeah punch then you can ram into the wall and it's just like oh that's just like a I haven't played a lot of Monster Hunter games, so I don't know if you can do that in other ones. But, like, the idea of getting on another mo- Monster Hunter's back and having him fight another monster... That is brand is new, baby. super cool to me. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it is really cool. cool. Um, I actually want to circle back around to Wyvern writing um, because I'm talking more about the wire bug. Uh, you mentioned the Clutch Claw, and a problem that mm-hmm. I have with the Clutch Claw is, like, Clutch Claw was really fun at first, but after a while it's like oh like you kind of just need to do the same thing to every monster like right you kind of just need to tenderize its parts and like bounce it into a wall and it just kind of felt samey between the monsters and i think one of the joys of monster hunter is having different monsters feel different mm-hmm. um and what's neat about the wire bug is kind of what you were talking about that resource management because um outside of the special moves that you have for your weapons your silk bind attacks like there are just basic options that are really useful. Like the, I believe it's called the wirefall where you get knocked down and like you can yeah. escape. That is mm. so, so, so useful. But if you just used, you know, an attack that took two charges, like you, it's not like the cooldowns are quick enough that mm. I feel like it's not like a huge pain in the ass, but it's, it, it's, it pushes you enough that you do have to think about it a little bit. And it does yeah. encourage you to get those extra wire bugs that are out in the world. Um, and I just, anything that encourages you to get out there and explore even just a little bit, I really yeah, value I quite a bit. Um, the other thing that I really like about the silk bind attacks is how well they complement the weaknesses of an individual weapon. A lot of the times, like a good example is the gun lance where you just burn through sharpness, weapon sharpness, uh, with gun lance attacks, but one of your silk binds is a counter, and if you manage to do it successfully, you get some weapon sharpness back. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like seeing you, like playing Gunlance and burning through your sharpness, it really encourages you to try to go for those counters, which yeah. then again encourages you to like learn the monster's movesets and really pay attention to when you can set up a counter successfully. And yeah, so yeah. that sort of mentality just feels like it fits in so well with uh, what Monster Hunter does great. Um, but the wyvern writing, Brad, it's such a hype thing. And I think, you know, monsters having their own individual attacks that you can do is really, really cool. Um, and the finishers are just super, super hype. I worry. It's kind of like, it's kind of giving me like a clutch claw vibe where I was really excited about it at first, but after doing it a bunch, I was like, too much. Yeah. I just felt like I, I was kind of going on autopilot and I don't like going on autopilot in these games and so i wonder if that's like specifically a demo problem and once we get access to more monsters and things get even more difficult if it won't be so simple i guess yeah we'll have to see yeah oh yeah i hopefully yeah it just gets even better and better as it goes on it's fun to see someone else do you know, I didn't, I, I grabbed one accidentally because I'm just spamming buttons, you yeah. know, just trying out different things. And there was like one point where you're like, hey, somebody can write it. Oh, there goes Jones. And I was like, oh, sorry. No, totally. But it's neat. It's a, it's a good feeling as a team to be like, oh, especially if you have two, you know, or you're fighting one monster and then just like, oh, crap. Like another monster just wanders in and joins the fight. And you're just mm-hmm. like, somebody, you know, get a hold of that dude. Uh, and then it becomes a weapon like that's it's really it's a fun power struggle yeah. that I imagine like could really like, you know, change the the power dynamics of a fight very quickly. What's um, interesting about it, too, and 
I, I feel like I've seen people hint at this, though I haven't actually watched the videos myself. But the fact that you can move the monster, like how that's going to play into like speed runs and just like I know, yeah. broken strats, like, okay, I'm going to ride him and then I'm going to go to this specific area because it's more advantageous here. Or I'm going to like run to this other monster. Um, so that'll be potentially very, very interesting. Um, the other thing that I like about it is when you are doing these controlling these monsters when you're wyvern riding um the attacks that you have for the monsters are in a lot of instances pretty slow and you definitely can yep. get hit out yeah. of them and so uh -huh. it's not something where you're just like mashing like you do have to think about it a little bit um but it's pretty easy to get down and uh i also like the movement where i feel like you want to be running and then when you're running like the turning is like a little bit hard to control but it's not so unwieldy that like you you feel like you're fighting it the entire time like, right, the monster, yeah. which is really neat. Yeah. Um, I the more that I play the demo, the more that I really like the map, uh, where I feel like there is a lot to find, um, and like just climbing stuff is super fun. But it doesn't have the ancient forest problem, where I'm like, wait, how do I get through this? Like what? Like <laughs> right. I've been through ancient forest so much, and I still run into problems where I'm like, this is a pain in the ass. Like I feel like things are 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 pretty clear. Like getting from point A to point B is like pretty obvious, and I, I haven't yeah. had those frustrating moments, which is nice. Smaller map um, than what yeah, I feel like you definitely. see in the world, but. Not like too small. No, or I wasn't like, oh, this sucks. I'm just in an arena yeah. or something like that. My biggest worry going into this demo was performance. And I really haven't had notable issues. Like it's been, it's 30 yeah. frames, but it's been solid. Which is Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I do worry because, you know, it's Nintendo's online. And right. when he told me like, you can only have like four people kind of in a thing. Mm -hmm. Four person. I guess models. it's like a, not a, big problem for a lot of people but for us kind of I was, I was like kind of like eh, i wish you could have more people in an area again yeah the lag that you guys were experiencing was uh an issue but i've played i've done a number of online matches and i i haven't had like any connection issues which has been good. nice um that's good i haven't had any noticeable lag and so yes worrying about nintendo online is absolutely valid yeah. but i think i hope my experiences in the demo which were positive carries over into the main game. Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, look at this. I got the nice the adapter. Dude. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not messing around. Yep, it's the right call. Uh, Brandon, yo. Normally at this part of the show, you know, we do like the one sentence thing, or we do the best take. Um, what I want to do is I want you to I want to take this moment for you to shout out a non-video game related thing and, and why you're shouting mm. it out and just kind of, because we, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on frame trap talking about games, which is obviously always going to be our focus, but I think it's fun to uh, talk about some non-game stuff here and there when we can. Um, oh, here's, Hey, here's a random one just off the top of my head. Just got a text from my mom and she said, apparently there's, there's a rumor floating around that grocery store workers are going to strike. Mm. Uh, because life probably sucks for them right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, obviously, shout out to everybody that in the medical industry. Shout out to people that um, you know have are, are are working you know incredible, incredibly long hours. Um, but uh, 
you know, it, during this pandemic, it's it's something where, you know, we've you go from going out to you know restaurants and you take that off the list to just going out to, you know, grocery stores and having that being difficult and then taking that off the list and then maybe doing like a pickup kind of situation. And then like maybe that's not necessarily so comfortable anymore. So just handling deliveries and uh, people who are, you know, growing food, people who are, you know, uh, preparing food and people who are delivering food. Thank you very much. Thank you for yeah. uh, all of your assistance during this. And um, not only obviously is it a survival situation because as dopey mammals, it's something that we have to, we got to keep eating and drinking, but mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, some of the rare comforts that we can still maintain, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the ability to, to make a meal or enjoy a meal with a family or to, um, you know, have something delivered because you don't have to prepare it or, you know, having some kind of comfort food or uh, something, you know, sweet and savory delivered when you when you just need it the most. So right. um, it's something where like my mom sent me the message and she's like, boy, that's just what we need right now, the strike. And I was like, I don't know, whatever they need. You yeah, know? It's right. Like they, I, I imagine not only uh, is this potentially a good time to, rep- to to show the world how much they're needed, but I imagine things are very, very difficult for people in that position. Absolutely. Um, because... Uh, you know, from what you've potentially seen online, you know, some people are very not happy about having to follow rules and guidelines and stuff like that going out into public spaces. So, uh, shout it out makes to people me having so to put mad. up with all of that stuff. Yep. It yep, makes yep, me yep. so mad. So, don't want to get in a soapbox. I just want right. to do the other side of it, which is thank you for, for people that have been doing that work. You know, Brad, uh, I'm actually going to let you do a, a non-video game shout out as well. Like, why not get both panelists in here? Oh, shoot. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Um, so, you don't have anything. That's fine. Shout out to the lord of the rings universe okay yeah shout out to that universe <laughs> nice. i spent a lot of time like, i'm baby. really into the lore of that universe and i like don't i dive into a lot of that kind of stuff and it's become a fun hobby for me over the years are you pretty it's stoked the for the new amazon show oh that yeah shows super excited yeah cool obviously a little nervous but super excited to see what they do uh if you ever get the chance brad in new zealand to go to the shire you would love oh, it uh, yeah. yeah yeah that would be the first uh, thing i would do is go to the shire yeah it's uh, watch it's the old animated movies if you haven't brad They're i've fun. seen them yeah they're great look yeah. look how happy the golem pez is look at him look how happy yeah, he, he is very <laughs> very sinister still and i love i love that the hobbits are small Schmiegel. i love that like <laughs> like here's Gandalf and they're like <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's, that's actually pretty touch. cool yeah it's a nice nice little touch God, I hope we get another shadow of whatever game. We gotta finish that, man. Yeah, wrap it up. Wrap it up, dude. What it was like Shadow of Mordor and then Shadow and of War. war. <laughs> yeah. What are they gonna call Shadow one? of Whatever? That would be yeah, amazing. Shadow, shadow of whatever. whatever. Shadow of Three. Yeah. <laughs> um these <laughs> panelist shout outs are brought to you by some wonderful shout out tier patrons. Uh and I'm going to read through these, and then I thought at the end. So I just streamed uh, Resident Evil 4 and was having... Yeah, I watched a, some of it, yeah. I was having a hell of a time. That game is a 10 out of 10. And I thought, in honor of Resident Evil 4, I would have us do our shout-out in the style of the RE4 merchant. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. See, see if you can conjure <laughs> that up. So we'll do that once I get through these names. So first shout-out goes to L. Thanis. Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Nick, and Stephen Thomason. Shout, <laughs> shout out. out. Shout out, stranger. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you to our shout out to your patrons. If you want to be shouted out on our podcast, if you like these shows, go to patreon.com slash easy allies where you can check out more about the tier. How happy are you every time you see that guy? It's like, oh, you're my best friend. Yeah. Thank you. Selling like what a, st- what a strange little giant buddy. fish to him. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad they just kept him a mystery and never really did uh, yeah. talked about him at all. Why? He was elaborated on enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you, did you, I'm not sure if you finished it or not. Maybe you're playing through or have finished Ghost of Tsushima. About halfway through. Okay. If the, ma- if I, if the map is any judge, I am about, you go, you go south to north. Yes. I'm like there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, in act two currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, similar to Huber talking to me about Valhalla and being like, you're going to enjoy this. But you're like, Brad, when you first started, you were like, mm-hmm. Jones, this is, <laughs> We've got this Jones. is your game. Yeah. This is my game for so many stupid reasons. It doesn't stop. Like, mm. I love this era. I love open world games. Love riding around on a horse. Love meditation. Love uh, just like honor and all, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it, it's there's um uh, there's just so many things. I love, you know, following the, the cues of nature. So it's just so much fun, like following these little birdies, you know, to these interesting spots and um, uh, uh, love the ocean. And you're just surrounded by it, you know, even though they got these big oppressive Mongol ships that are just always there on the horizon. Like there's just this like there's so many moments you just come through a clearing or go over a hill and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it's, just, Beautiful. it's like just red flowers everywhere. It's just um, it's just bonkers. And it's. It's it's just it's something where it's like man I don't even know if Tsushima actually looked like this I don't care you know like they clearly were you know I, I imagine like coming into work one day and somebody sucker punched the other creative directors like um I saw your environment Bill and it's uh, not beautiful enough you got to crank that up it's yeah just, you're like every every zone has got to be absolutely taken to eleven um, it's one of those games that it's hard to believe it's a PS4 game with how good it looks and yeah. I'm playing a PS5 I'm I, I'm I'm I you know. I definitely put it off because it's something that I'm like, I'm going to be hard to focus on other things once I finally get into it. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of glad that I, you know, those, yeah, loading, it those load way. times are barely there and, um, and it's just absolutely running beautifully. And it's funny, like, even though all the characters are very stoic and there's a lot of NPCs who are just like, ah, thank you for rescuing me. Like um, really, really into um, the story and really into the relationships and, and each specific character arc, they're lasting a lot longer than I thought I would. You know, like you start out and the guy who teaches you the bow is like, hey, I got this student that's gone rogue. And you're like, all right, let's go. I'll go take him out and then you'll come with me. And it's like still doing it, still hunting mm-hmm. that person and and still, you know, like really digging into this guy and his history with her and how tough it is as the, as the relationship between master and student and mm-hmm. passing on the things, you know, and the trust involved in that. And, you know, especially when if it's a combat skill, um, the whole relationship of people on the island dealing with the Mongols, whether they're going to try to escape or, you know, uh, conform or fight back or hide or, you know, um, and interesting going directly from Valhalla to this, because in Valhalla, I am the Mongols. <laughs> right. Like, I'm the invader, you know, and you're just like, ha stupid Christians. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, uh, and in this, it's it, it's it's much more. Uh, it's much easier to get onto Jin's train in mm. terms of like f- fighting back and taking back that island and, you know, him being, you know, the struggle that he feels with, you know, um, uh, put, trying to, you know, putting down some of his samurai beliefs and taking up the stealth aspect. Um, and uh, just, 
so satisfying to just like uh and, and it does get repetitive like there's i can't you know at this point i must have killed th- like 300 different gangs wandering the roads mm-hmm. but just like at the same time walking up and just like send your strongest warrior you know um uh but it is uh it, it runs in the same issues as valhalla where it's it's not a horribly difficult game like you can get kind of backed into a corner like mm-hmm. there are times where i haven't played in a couple days and i'll like boot it back up and be like okay whoa i need to reacquaint myself with the l1 block button and then like okay now i'm in the groove um but uh i'm like Ch- brad i'm challenging myself because i, I only wear the traveler's outfit because mm-hmm. it pings like items yeah, it nearby makes, yeah. it'll like rumble if there's stuff nearby mm-hmm. that you can collect but it's like the lowest armor rating of anything yeah. like it's it, it's kind of playing on like hard mode a little bit uh they um, did add lethal mode re- or right. post which i'm super happy they did mm. and i have played legends which i i have not gotten back into since i've been Dude, legends like, really is burying myself fun. legends is fantastic yeah um it's just such a i think valhall is really fun i think there's a lot more systems in valhalla there's a lot more characters it's just a denser bigger more epic game but as far as just like artistry as far as just like chef's kiss every you know like you start a quest and it goes like a widescreen shot and like the title shows and it's just it's just a it's so much of a classier game Mm -hmm. uh, than valhalla is uh took a little while to get used to like having a jump button and having the horse be a little wobblier and mm. um you know having some you know just the the general combat feel of it but uh um love being an underdog and especially in an open world game love you know accruing assets and friends and fighting back and see you take out a fort and then you get back to the menu and the fort like rumbles and like you did yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah like it's gone <laughs> from red to white and i can fast travel there now yeah you know fun to fight back kind of like braveheart though because i think didn't they ultimately lose <laughs> like didn't they yeah did so. them all, like i think historically like william wallace yeah yeah didn't didn't work out so well just at, you know at the end of braveheart when he's like and they won their freedom he's like and then lost it again but whatever like yeah um but uh uh it's uh i'm just extremely into it i mean it's just it's it's a a, a very fun game to play uh brandon world to explore i i have to imagine you're like going all in on the bow with not as much as you'd think i oh, got really? a um yeah i got a outfit that improves my like bowness mm-hmm. and i'm like eh, still kind of like bonus. the traveler's thing because i don't want to miss items and i got the long bow which is like like six feet tall i mean it's yeah. a yeah. humongous thing and um i'm not maybe it's just the, kind of the speed where i'm just like i don't need it like i don't really like, if i headshot a guy he's out i don't know what i need super strong like bows for yeah in fact there was like <laughs> there was one time i forgot i had it equipped and this guy was like oh no here comes muggles on the road and these like eight dudes on horses came running down the road and i just like explosive arrowed them like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry horses yeah um but uh uh stabbing guys in the neck is super fun um and uh yeah it would it, i mean it was interesting valhalla too because there were three different types of bows and i really just kind of stuck to one i was mm. like eh, i don't know there's like a quick fire I'm like eh, mm-hmm. i'm just i'm kind of cozy with it but um i mean that i'm i'll tell you what i am into ben is just the way they talk about bows you know just this whole just kind of like the the you know, meeting archers that are really, really good and yeah. just, like, how you focus with that and, like, you know, like, like bow has, you know, mastery of the bow has nothing to do with your eyesight. Right. You know, it has to do with your spirit. Yeah, that, that yes. bow sensei, Preach. how judgmental yeah. he is. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, are there, because you, you have quite a few options in Tsushima. Is there, mm-hmm. like, any particular tool that you enjoy using or or lean on quite a bit 
like oh the smoke bomb is so op it's ridiculous yeah. just it popping is, those yeah. and then getting can... the insta kills yeah it's great oh yeah because you get you have that triangle triple kill mm-hmm. and it's like the fact that i could when i saw that you could do that from a smoke bomb it's like oh come on mm-hmm. you know like, mm-hmm. they, they know i'm there why would i surprise a guy that i just saw yeah just because i like dropped some smoke in front of him like yeah. i don't know there was <laughs> There was one, uh, there was the same thing we said with Valhalla. We're like, you don't really need to do stealth. You can just kind of run in. There was one like fort that I just took. It was really fortified. I mean, big, heavy wooden walls, horses everywhere, running around, archers and everything. And it's like, cue the Benny Hill music, man. Like, I just kept running in circles and just like, and then I would like kill a guy, loot him. Oh, another smoke bomb. You know, take three guys Are out. Are you dodge, pretty dodge, dodge. successful at the standoffs? Uh yeah again it's it's usually like the first one i do when i like sit down to play for two or three hours it's like that first one's like oh okay yeah um and but it's kind of satisfying because i have I've like eight circles now and so it's like it's not that bad if i lose a little bit of health mm-hmm. but um but it is fun i love the the leap the critical strike off the horse that mm-hmm. is fantastic um but it it you know I, I like and i like the move when they do and they'll like put the sword away you know and you like you know this unblockable attack is mm-hmm. coming that that's uh that's tricky to dodge um i i like the uh the impact that it because that's like one of the things about uh sort of keep going back to valhalla it was just fascinating playing these two open world games back to back like the, the impact of those strikes gets lost a little bit you get a dodge in valhalla that slows everything down and when you like hit people while everything slowed down it's kind of like flum, flum, flum. it's just like whoa what happened like this should feel amazing if i'm like attacking them now and like like clanging swords with a guy and having him like get shocked like feels so good when you know that huge strike is coming after or like when you get the moon stance and the guys with the big hammers you can just kick them in the face and they get stunned and you just like charge up an attack or like that like triangle charge where you can like hit a guy with the shield and then just whap 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 like right after it like really really satisfying when you do the right move against the right guy with the right stance or the right item um, but there's also kind of that Batman vibe or just like, eh, kunai, kunai, kunai. All right, I won. <laughs> yeah, kunais yeah. are great. They definitely, I, I relied on kunais quite a bit. Just because of how powerful so they were. It's easy, but satisfying. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough line to, to, um, you know, to balance yourself on, especially for like an open world game where it's like, I'm going through so many fights. Um, but, uh, um, I, I think, I think overall gobbling up the world was more satisfying and I was hungrier to do it in Valhalla, but there's like so much climbing and so much like weird control issues. And like, I'm just burning through Tsushima Mm. and it's just, you know, we talked about how long Valhalla is like from what I can tell Tsushima is just like the perfect length. Yeah. It's it's, it's not too long. Yeah. Um, Um, Gobbling up this world. uh, Was there, is there like certain, optional content that you enjoyed the most like whether it was uh, is finding the shrines or just the the side stories of the characters or like is there anything where you where you saw it on the map and you're like yes i have to do that right away um i think they do a good job with you know with humor i think that like there are there are like the comedic characters like yeah. it is a pretty dour world you know yeah. like again a lot of the people you're meeting are very serious soldiers there's a lot of death there's a lot of surprising amount of death there's a lot of situations where it's like let me go see if that guy's okay oh he's dead Mm. (laughs) and i'm like ooh, like i thought i was gonna rescue that dude but woof you know like um it's 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 a pretty bleak world um but at the same time it's it's i like the option when you get like 
you know, your little jacuzzi, you know, uh, breaks, I get when you get to pick like, okay, do I want to, do I want to reflect on something that's kind of lighthearted right now? Or do I want to reflect on, you know, the Mongols, man? Like, and, and it's, it's neat to kind of hear him, um, you know, uh, to, to, to get in the mindset of his spiritualism and, and his set where like, you can see to when you have these moments of where you can tell, he just wants to like, I just, I rescued some guy who was like rich and he's like, this shouldn't have happened to me. And you just want to slap him and be like, dude, you are lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many corpses I see just wandering on the road, you know? And, and so it's, I, I like those meditative moments. So you, cause you can see, even though Jin is like, hardly showing any expression it's like he is working on that you know like spock like that is hard for him to maintain um so i think that he's a great character i think they did a really good job um uh considering how much talking like any one character has to do and how like you know uh, i they don't know what order i'm doing these things in and so every conversation kind of has to work for all seasons you know it's like i don't you might have just done something funny and then boom you're going into this guy who just lost his wife and kid or Mm -hmm. you know this this town that just got burnt down or you know this pile of corpses you just saw um so it's 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 a tricky balance between beauty and horror that the game has but um uh, it's it's funny when like there'll be a serious scene and they just blood. And they're just like, so anyway, let's go to this game. <laughs> like, Jin, you got a little something on your face. Uh, Brad, mm-hmm. you've been playing one of my favorite stories of the year, and that is Thirteen Sentinels, which uh, Brandy, mm. you also expressed some interest in. So I'm curious to know what you what you think of Brad's thoughts here, but. Uh, Man, Brad, Thirteen Sentinels is one of those games that is that is hard to talk about because to yes. to, to talk about the coolest stuff, it's just Spoiler City. Uh, so you, I feel like you have to dance around a lot. Yeah, like the the story is obviously I think the standout aspect of this game. Yeah, and I mean obviously it's a vanillaware game, mm-hmm. so it looks incredible, like just stunning, beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. the entire time. I usually don't really like. I realized over time I usually don't really like visual novel s kind of games, I guess, mm-hmm. where it's like a, a lot of the game is talking most of the time. And like, there is a lot of talking in this game, but yeah. man, it's just so enthralling. Mm-hmm. And I think there's enough like freedom of you getting to move around and kind of figuring out what to say when yeah. that gives it enough for me to keep going and interested. Like, uh, Joe, since you never played it, there's a lot of times you get, you talk to characters and you get like new, you learn new things, like new thoughts. So then you can say this thought to this character to like progress oh, cool. a new path or something like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll go back in time and replay a same section with different dialogue to get a different kind of route. Cool. And um, it's also a mech game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a, a tactical mech game. Like you're in mechs, but how it's laid out is you see kind of like the feel almost like a, like from a above above point you don't like see your like your mech like physically like walking around you see like a little indicator of it on the map and you're fighting through like kaiju essentially giant aliens like i don't know the whole story yet so i'm still figuring things out but like yeah giant monsters coming out of the ground and just like fucking up the world and it's like time travel all this crazy shit i like the mech combat it's I definitely enjoy the story aspect more of the game. Yeah. And like, it's just exploring, but I think it's fine content. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely comes into its own, the, the combat a little bit more towards the end. Once it, once mm-hmm. it gets a little bit more demanding, but it, it was never like 
even close to the primary thing that I was enjoying. But uh, yeah, right. kind of emphasizing your point, Brad, I think it really does help break things up with that sort of adventure game aspect. And with each of the characters kind of having slightly different pacing to them, like like someone like trying to investigate somebody or somebody chasing after somebody else, like I think there's enough differences in terms mm-hmm. of vibe between the characters and actually having... 13 characters that you're constantly switching between really helps because any one chapter for a character is actually pretty short. Like, yeah, you, you, you go in, you get a little bit of this person's story and then you, uh, get out and you do somebody else and they feel like completely different. And I think that really not only helps the pacing, but the way that they structure it, they kind of make you just want to keep going and going and going and going. And like, yeah, you kind of worry that when you have all of these characters, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to play this person. And then am I going to forget what's happening with them? But they do actually a really good job of each character expands on the central story in its own Mm -hmm. way. It's almost like you have like this crumpled paper. And as you do each individual character, you kind of unroll that paper uh, like a little bit, on, on different sides, which is really, really neat. Yeah. And I think what really helps is that all the characters are interesting. Oh yeah. And their stories are interesting enough. Like how you say, like I made, like I took like a week off and mm-hmm. then I came back and I had this character and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to remember what was going on. And I hop mm-hmm. in and they're thinking like, Oh yeah, I remember right. exactly what was happening in this story. Right. And I think they're, yeah, they all are interesting. So I don't feel like there's a character. I'm like, Man, I don't want to play this character's story. Yeah, hmm. I, Brad, I completely agree. I, I genuinely don't think there's a single character I didn't like for one reason or another. Like yeah. they, I, they all really add something. And kind of to your point uh, about like uh, enjoying all of them, I think what helps is as you're going through one character's story, they might show you a different side of a character yeah. that you've already played as, and you're like, wait a minute, what's go- I wasn't expecting that. And so then it gets you like even more hyped to circle back around and Mm -hmm. continue their story to see like how all of that links up, which is really, really cool. Yeah. I think it's a really great game. I don't think it's a game necessarily for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. I can't see, you know, just everyone getting into this game, but I think at what the game is trying to accomplish, it does very well. Mm -hmm. And I'm invested in this story and just figuring out where things are going. Yeah. I just, I can't wait to see how it ends, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's, Brad, that's what's so cool about it is, you know, obviously in these kinds of games, you expect like major revelations and plot twists and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and you kind of expect that stuff like bombs to be dropping towards the end of the game. And that definitely happens. But 13 Sentinels is one of those games where it like, it just sort of feels like it never stops dropping bombs. Dude. Like, yeah. like <laughs> every chapter you're like, oh, that. That's mind blowing. Like it, it, it yeah. just it just never ever ever lets up with with kind of its insanity in a way that, again, I think made as I was going through it made me really hungry, um, yeah. to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the other thing about the combat that is nice is like it's literally separated on the menu where you have yeah. like story and then like extra tidbits of lore and then combat and so like you can just you could just do a little bit of combat at a time if you want or you can just like do it all at once and yeah. uh i think yeah i do really like that yeah that's it, you being able to approach it your own way is, is really really like nice. yeah you get like blocked behind some walls where it's like you have to do this kind of thing mm-hmm. you have to do this mission to get this next part of the story but it's never like 
too much. I feel like I can get a good amount of time in if I want to see story before yeah. I have to do combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, have there been any moments? Because I definitely had a couple of moments where I was like, okay, I'm not. I'm just like not interacting with the right thing, and I'm not able to. Yeah, yeah. Progress. Where I was just like, what am I doing okay. wrong? Kind of thing like that. Yeah. Okay. Has it happened enough that it's been like prohibitive for you? No. Like I've definitely sat there for like. I've tried things, you know, for like 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but eventually like I will figure it out. Sure. But yeah, there's definitely, it hasn't been where I'm just like stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I don't want to play this game anymore kind of thing. Sure. Uh, have there been any moments where like they've been getting into characters and like they'll be, they'll have a revelation and you're like, I so don't understand what that means that like, I can't even appreciate it. Or do you feel like you've been able to kind of like, they like they reveal stuff and you get some of it, mm-hmm. but you don't get all of it yet. Right. And that's intentional. Yes, like, they exactly. Give you enough to exactly. keep you going to keep you interested, but they are not going to give away the whole story yet. Yeah. I feel there's definitely been moments exactly where I was like, way. Oh shit. What? What's going like? What's, what's going on here kind of mm-hmm. thing like that i'm like i gotta keep going to see what happens uh brandon not to put you on the spot but uh you know like everybody's thinking about like game of the year and we're all like oh okay you know i right. want to check out more of this and stuff and i've definitely brought up 13 sentinels for like best narrative and it's something that you right. said that you were interested in yeah. how do you kind of like order what you want to play is it more like oh i'm more into open world so i just naturally gravitate towards that Sure. Um, yeah, it's sushi. Well, it boy, it's a lot of things because sure. like, you know, it's not only my interest in Tsushima. And so there that, you know, uh, is something that I want to play. But I also feel that like because I have a lot of experience with that, my opinion, I'll be able to articulate what I like about one thing over the other. I remember Ian was like, should I play Valhalla? And I'm like, no. <laughs> right. Like, oh, OK. Right. Um, uh, and uh, so. I don't know if playing the amount of 13 Sentinels that I'll have the time to is going to teach me enough about sure. 13 Sentinels That's a very to, bring some, to bring something to the conversation that I couldn't get just from listening to the two of you talk. Right. You know, and that's the thing is like, it's, that's, that's like, you know, half of game of the year is listening to something, listening to someone else explain their experience. The difficulty of Ian trying to explain to me the ending of Outer Worlds after Outer Wilds after I, just kind of got frustrated with that game. And I'm sure. like, this, this, this restarting this thing over and over again is really kind of getting tiring. And and I know it's satisfying, but I just would rather, so just kind of pull them aside. And I'm like, spoil it for me. And mm-hmm. he told me like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, like, so you kind of have to take your experience and marry that with someone else's experience. And sometimes that means you haven't, you know, uh, in the case of last year, when we talked about judgment, you know, like mm-hmm. it, for best character and like you, you brought up two characters from judgments and you're like, you know, here is my experience of those. And right. I've worked with you long enough that I know like, okay, if, if Ben is saying that about these things, if Huber says something's 10 out of 10, it means one thing. But if you, you know, are, mm-hmm. are really focused on something and enjoy it, like you're able to articulate it in a way that it's never going to be as good as my own personal experience with it, but at least I can, right. um, you know, make my vote count or, or know enough to know, like I'll, I abstain because I, you know, uh, it's probably unfair for me to weigh in on that. That makes a lot of sense. That was that was very well very well explained. Um, uh, one example is Hades, which mm. is way outside my comfort zone, but yeah. I knew enough about it to be like, I, I have to play this. Oh, like, I have to because there's like people talk about feel so much that's like yeah. I gotta feel this game. Like yeah. I'm probably not gonna be able to finish it, but I gotta at least maybe try to get halfway through or or mm-hmm. understand how progression works or what I need to level up or try different weapons and stuff. So, um, yeah. 
I, I have no, I, I truly don't know like what's going to win our game of the year or if Hades is going to win or what Hades is going to win. But like from the bottom of my heart, I want every human being to play Hades. Like it's so good. It deserves every bit of accolade that has been thrown its way. I, th- I think Hades out of everything that I've played for consideration for game of the year has the least amount of faults. That doesn't mm. necessarily mean it's, it's, it, it is the most deserving of game of the year, sure. but it, for what it does. Yeah practically perfect mm-hmm. you know like of what i've experienced so far like um holy cow that's just such a finely tuned video game yeah you know everything just uh yeah visuals gameplay voiceover story mm. solid game uh the last game that we're going to talk about is one that that i've been playing and i i think i'm getting close to the end i'm kind of surprised at how long this game is uh, but I started it over completely because I've talked about it in a frame trap before, but I started it over completely and playing it with my wife. And I, f- I think I feel the same way about Days Gone uh, that you mm. guys kind of feel about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where there are yeah. a lot of things that, like, I'm glad it's a game I'm not reviewing in a way, because, like, I, I think if I had to review it, it's like, okay, I don't think this is very good, or this is a problem, or this is repetitive. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that I can knock it for, but... I'm having a great time, um, mm-hmm. and I, I've i actually gotten really invested in the story and the characters, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, for such an overpopulated genre, the kind of take that Days Gone has on zombies is really interesting, where, like, people are just in this world, and you you are not really immediately attached to any one sort of belief, like... The Tucker camp is very different from the Copeland camp, uh, which is very different from the Iron Mike camp. And they all sort of have like their philosophies of this world. And you kind of bounce between them and and get to hear, you know, how they're surviving. And I think that that is really cool. Um, And I also uh, ended up liking Deacon a lot where like he is like kind of a bitter asshole, but it doesn't feel like unjustified. Like every, the way that he thinks about things and processes things, um, it's based on experience. It's based on experience that you didn't get to see. And so when he makes comment about comments about something, you kind of learn a little bit more about his history and like the way that he talks to himself is really fascinating like kind of comical in some senses but like you really get the sense that like this is somebody who like has spent a lot of time alone and has like affected how they talk and i i think that's all uh very fascinating um yeah man Game's fun. Yeah. It's got problems, I agree, but I had a good time playing it. And you're playing on PS5 now, so playing it's on PS5. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I've, it's been smooth. tempting, man. Mm-hmm. People on Twitter like posting screenshots, and I'm like, I can't, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I should not go back. But uh I would it the moment Days Gone 2 gets announced, that immediately will skyrocket to the top yeah. of my like you know, anticipated list because it, it's one of those games that you feel like the second outing is going to really nail it. Yeah. You know, like they, they, you know, because it's, you know, like you were saying, it's a little bit longer than you expected. And yeah. it's one thing, Valhalla does this a little bit, but it's, it, it's one thing to be like, wow, what they showed me was longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. It, it, you, you, they kind of show you something and then like, yeah, and then there's all this and you're like, right. whoa, like, like, so they, there's this whole other act that you, like, you just don't see coming. Right. And so that was a little tiring, especially because I was reviewing it at the time. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like when you tell your wife, like I'm almost done. And then yeah. you're like, I'm sorry. 
I apologize. I thought I was, but there's like so much more to do. But then that story chapter was like the, my favorite story chapter of the whole game. And so it's like, it's tough to, to, um, actually it's, it's funny to go back in time and see like me messaging Bloodworth. I'm like, I'm almost done. And then four hours later, I was like, scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Brandon, that is so funny. Just, yeah. Cause I went through that exact same yeah. feeling, like the exact same where I was like, cause I have a pretty good sense when games are, are about you know. to end because mm-hmm. you know there's always these telltale signs and i was like getting all these telltale signs I was like this is you know we're reaching the climax like it's, it, things are definitely hitting in the fan in a way where like i don't know where they're gonna go from here and then you're like oh oh there's a lot more like <laughs> we're going into this whole other chapter and i was kind of worried about that but you're right um i think that has been some of the most interesting stuff story-wise uh for sure and well it, I'll, we'll see how it wraps up but it, it's 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 interesting because there was one critique and I probably could have worded this. It's one of my flaws. Like as a reviewer is I'll, I'll make a statement, but I don't necessarily like really back it up. Mm. It's, it's tough to like not have reviews be too wordy. And I showed a shot in the review and I said like, th- th- they're doing stuff like this with fear of zombies that games haven't done before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the comments in my review were like, okay, this guy hasn't played left for dead. And it's like, it's, a, it's a different thing. It's, it's one thing if it definitely left for dead for me is more about speed, like right. the numbers. And like, when you see an ocean of these things, when, like, when yeah. you see, you know, even if you know you're clear, even if you're like, oh, I, I'm on my bike, I'm out of here. Yeah. It's just like, just looking at it, it's like, man, like mm-hmm. that is, holy cow, those things know where I am and I would be super dead, you know, if I stay here, but I'm not, I'm just going to keep on riding. Or just in the rare case where like you don't see it coming and you just turn the corner like, oh shit, <laughs> yep. like, yeah. I have to do a 180 so fast. It's like. Oh man, for a, I've played so many zombie games, and that was that was a new jolt that I just got there from this game. It's uh, it's so satisfying when you just chuck a jug into them. And it's napalm a bunch of guys. It's really funny, and I think the the juxtaposition is super super cool because you were talking about like Assassin's Creed Valhalla like being fairly easy, or like Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. being relatively easy for you. And when you're dealing with like a small group of humans or individual zombies, like it's really not that big of a deal, especially the fact that one of the perks allows you to slow down time and like easily line up headshots. You're just amazing. You're a God and you can like buff up melee damage and all this stuff. Like you become really, really powerful, but there are times where like, depending on the size of the horde, like if I alert too many of them, like I'm just dead, like I might as well just reload. Mm. And I think despite feeling very, very, very powerful, I do like, some of the moments that that like sort of feel dynamic that strip away that power like when you get caught off guard and like a freaker jumps on you and knocks you off your bike and you're like oh god like you you kind of get used to it the more that it happens but i've definitely had moments where it's like oh that kind of surprised me or when you get trapped by like a group of marauders and you they they like block you up and you have to get out and you have to get all your gear and take them out like it doesn't take very long but there, there are moments like that that do emphasize the danger of the world in a cool way. And like I think the gas and like bike damage is this good line of like making you consider it and think about and sweat a little bit as you're going and doing stuff on the map. But it's not like a huge pain in the ass. Like it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. go get gas and find it. Like all yeah. that stuff's already available. So it's, it's not like Sea of Thieves risk and reward where you're yeah. like, should we go to one more island? Or right. We, let's go back. Let's go back. I'm done. You <laughs> know, but you're like, you can't, that, that's where the line is where, yeah, it's not like a constant curse that you're just like, burdened by. Right. But you do have to think about it. Like yeah. it is, you have to be aware of it. And I like that even, I don't think I've ever seen a game 
open world game do this where like it accounts for fast travel yes like, the only the only way i've seen a game do that is just time of day right it's like okay well i know if i go there i think witcher does that where it tells you like what time it's going to be when you get there and you, so you know like well it's gonna be nighttime and so if you want to go to that store you got to go to bed or just wait when you get there or whatever and i like that they're like you don't have the gas to go there you know and yeah. it's like okay you know and and sometimes in open world games it's like well that's just one more damn stop like it's not gonna it, let me just go there mm-hmm. let me just just assume i went to the gas station because you know i'm gonna be able to do that and survive but just actually having to manage it and do it like i love that stuff yeah you know? In open world games, I love when they account for for you being there and for the difficulty of. Uh, Huber once said something that I nailed it, where he was like, uh, "It makes you respect the open world," and I was like, yeah. "That's a good point, Huber." Yeah. You know, it makes <laughs> you it, it it immerses me more that it's like, no, you got to account for that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also feel like a lot of the hordes are dynamic, where like sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, and again, talking about respecting the open world, like. It, you have those moments where you're like, well, maybe I should just come back and they won't be there. And I, I love making decisions like that in games. Of, of mega just hordes. Like having to think about travel yeah. rather than it just being like an automatic, like follow the marker kind of thing. So that's... It's Going into weird. caves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear them. I know they're in there somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Creepy. <laughs> Not as creepy as this Hotake! Oh! Uh, because... How could I resist? We have the Resident Evil showcase next week. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Brad's a huge Resident Evil fan. Brandon is a huge Resident Evil fan. It's a shame we don't have Huber on here, but this will be the last frame trap before the Resident Evil showcase. And I was like, let's have a fun one. Let's have a fun Otake um, where we just sort of get into it because uh, they're not just going to talk about Resident Evil 8. They're going to show gameplay off of Resident Evil 8, uh, but it's going to be more than that. And I kind of wanted to speculate what that could be because it could be a lot of things like there there's this beta sign up for this multiplayer game that we don't know what form that will take it'll be interesting to think about what that could be uh will we see like a resident or revelations 3 will we see ports of old games will there be crossovers like silent hill was in dead by daylight will resident evil be dead in dead by daylight there was a a recent era thread that brought that up and i was like oh that that could definitely happen um Mm. They've got Netflix shows in the works, an animated one, uh, which they've already shown a trailer for, and a live action one, which I don't believe we've seen. Uh, just yeah. so much going on. Like, I guess, what do you think is is likely and what would you like to see personally? The absolute hypest thing that they could do would be a Resident Evil 4 remake teaser. Mm. Even if it's like miles off, just letting us know, like, I mean, we're, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I've seen even like a Code Veronica, even a Code Veronica remake, yeah. you know, but it's just like the three remake happened so fast after two. It did. That it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised three did as well as it did and was as well received as it was because three was kind of like a, it's a weird little cousin, mm-hmm. you know, to the other main series. It doesn't, it, it really feels like one, two, Code Veronica, four. Like, three just doesn't seem as as consequential or as monumental as, like, the other games. And so it's like, if they did three, I don't know why the hell they would do four or Code Veronica, you know, keep that keep that train rolling. With four, do you think it's a concern at all? Because, like, three is also set in Raccoon City, and mm-hmm. four is just a much longer game and a wildly different setting. Do you think that that would, you know, impact the speed of development? 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if literally they gave one team three and started another team on four the same day. Sure. <laughs> three yeah. the, the three team was like, oh, cool. You already built half of this. Nice. But the other team was like, okay, they just, um, yeah. just Or, you know, could not happen at all. It could be just, it's 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 so much of its own beast that it's just hard to to, to do. And, and clearly there was like a tonal shift, you know, like four is so much sillier than one, two, three and Code Veronica in a lot of ways. Um, that it might it might be a hard thing to like rewrite, you know. It's like, what do we, do we make this serious now, or do we make it goofier, or mm-hmm. what do we do? Um, or would it be as revolutionary? Like, there are ways to really shake up one, two, or three. Whereas four is still like the way we play shooters now. Yeah, that it's mm-hmm. like, would a remake really? Would you just be like, yeah, this is four, or would you be like, whoa, look what they did to four? You know, I don't. It could be a tough. Tough prospect. I don't know. Like, I'm sure my my love of the game is impacting my opinion. Like, I, I'm i not playing Resident Evil 4 for the first time, right? But it, it, playing it today, it is it is incredible how much it holds up. Like, I think mm. there are maybe some things you could argue, like, the movement could maybe be, like, a little bit smoother. But it's still so, so yeah, playable. So really and once you get into the rhythm, it's like... Playable. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Playable. Repeatable, too. I mean, yeah. it's just like, every, you know, I'll play RE4, fine. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. RE4 on Switch. Well, I'm playing it again. Okay. Hmm. Uh, two things I would love for them to do is, one, mm-hmm. if they're going to remake a game, I would love them to remake Zero. Yeah. I think that game could definitely use a remake in some, for some aspects. I think, yeah. Zero, for sure. I also think Code Veronica could really benefit. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like Code Veronica will happen sometime. Mm, I hope so. They do zero two, and I would like. I think this is not likely at all, but I would love if they just added more to Resident Evil Three Remake because mm. Resident Evil Three Remake is a really short game. Yeah, it is, and it's definitely missing some things from the original for sure that I wish were in the game. Yeah, like I still had fun going through the game and everything, but I, I couldn't help but feeling like a little disappointed in some aspects. Especially like the choice thing. There's like none of that. You know, some of the areas are just mm-hmm. gone. There's no yeah. mercenaries or anything like that. Somebody in my chat really summed it up very, very well. They were talking about Resident Evil 3 remake and they were like, I enjoyed it, but it like there was something missing. And I, I felt the same way. Like I really had a great time playing Resident Evil 3 remake, but it wasn't like Resident Evil 2 remake where I felt like full. You know, it was like I, it was like right. a snack yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I think it helps just having the two campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I think they were hoping, you know, resistance would help fill that that gap or void. Right. But it's like that was like not very good. So yeah. it felt like people were like, oh, $60 for a six hour game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like I could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, Would you want could 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 outbreak return like that style of game yeah i think this is like the best time for it to return probably yeah. hell yeah like online gaming is just better like <laughs> outbreak on ps2 online you know is like so primitive yeah compared to where we are now i i just think that it would be so much more appealing to me than like this yes. competitive stuff that they yeah try. me too right i think co-op is a much better idea yeah versus yeah and what's so cool about outbreak and I guess you have this in Resistance as well, but like, I love the idea of of different characters having like different severe, skills. yeah, different skills, yeah. and so it like thinking about like who's going to bring in what as we go through like you know a traditional Resident Evil scenario. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, I'd love it. Such a neat idea, yeah. 
Uh, I also like the idea of a, of closed chapters. So it's like it's kind of like a Left 4 Dead vibe, yeah. where you know each thing you're going in, it's not like okay, well we got to have our friends come back for chapter two to continue our progress. It's like you right. can if you want, but if you want to just have a new player and be like, no, 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 we're on the last you know mission, kind of like you guys with the. Um, Oh geez, the Warhammer game, Vermintide, yeah, Vermintide, where it's like you can jump in later and 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 you know do later content if you want, and we can just kind of carry you through it, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what difficulty we set it at. It would be neat if it uh, followed that, you know, mm-hmm. setup. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Vermintide, like I I I think you could take the outbreak concept, but something that Vermintide does really well is I I love the progression in Vermintide for your characters, mm-hmm. and 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 how you grow mm-hmm. over time. So that could be really cool. Yeah. I remember thinking when I was playing which the game that I don't remember what it's called now, the asymmetrical uh you know, mastermind game that they just released. Resistance. Resistance, yeah. yeah. Um, where I remember like seeing the progression in that and I was like, Oh, this would interest me if I'm gonna play this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> but it's like, oh, okay, I could see me getting kinda into unlocking things and stuff. And like that would be fun, like like getting into a multiplayer art Resident Evil for a couple months. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and, and, and build something up and flexing my my abilities or uh, bringing a new player in and then being like, You have a grenade launcher? It's like, yeah, it takes a while to unlock it, but it, it helps, you know. Yeah. Yeah, resistance is weird because like I had a good time, and I'm sure it's probably better now. Better I don't know, now, yeah. but it was just like so janky, and, and it wasn't just like the the technical aspects, but I think like I don't know. I I I like the sense in Resident Evil of like going against these kind of like larger than life threats, and when you're going against another player, it's like yeah, I can tell this is another player. Like they're, they're acting like somebody playing mm-hmm. a video game with how they're placing these enemies. And I don't know that always, that's a little weird to me, I guess. Took you out of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the third part of that light gun series. What was that? Umbrella Chronicles. Um, yeah. Umbrella Chronicles well, three. Oh, you, you want a third part of that? <laughs> that'd be fun. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. yeah why not? In, v- in VR or something. Or yeah. I don't know. That'd be weird. Oh, a VR yeah, one a could be really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those yeah. were a blast. Those were very cinematic. That, that really felt, that was like, yeah. that was a fun, like to beat in one night kind of a game. Mm. It was very like time, just time crisis. But with Resident Evil, it was fun. It's neat. Um, I didn't, I think the second one is Dark Side Chronicles, which I didn't play, yep. but like yes. Umbrella Chronicles. Uh, it's cool how you like, you go through different Resident Evil games. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Um, I don't know if you guys want this, but I really liked Revelations 2. I don't think it's like one of the best Resident Evil games or anything like that, but I would totally be up for kind of a, a, a more bite-sized sort of offshoot sure, yeah. thing. I, I always, yeah. I don't know. That's I feel like Outbreak could be a good bite-sized thing if they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially with what Jones was saying with like yeah. the individual. Chapters. Because yeah. that's the thing, Brad, about RE3 where people are like, this is too short. And I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, yeah, I was, I was kind of glad when I was like, oh, I could beat this in a night? Cool. You know, or like maybe two days and then I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm done. Like from a value proposition, like I get it. I, you know, you, I can certainly, you know, respect criticisms of that. But just personally from how much oh, awesome sure. RE stuff we're getting, I was like, I did not need that to be elaborate i think the thing I, that i really liked about re2 remake something that, that really gave it legs for me is that that re3 didn't really have is the like 
the hunk scenario and then the DLC chapters where you play as different characters right. and like three. We didn't have like anything like Th- that. That stuff mm. was so cool and so much With fun. Tofu yeah. And stuff. Mm. Yes. Like, like that stuff was sick. I liked the unlocks in three. I thought that was fun, like saving up points and mm. stuff. But yes, I agree with you, man. It could have used a little more. Is there anything you super don't want to see? Hmm. Super don't want to see. I don't want to see another versus Resident Evil game. Yeah. Like I'm sick. It never really works out whenever they do it. Mm-hmm. I'm. I know we're gonna see the trailer. I think the movie trailer is extremely likely. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, right. I do. I do not have high expectations for that. And it really has nothing to do with like the old film series. I just like. I don't know what you're gonna do in this world that yeah. i'm gonna be like whoa dude i've never seen that in this massive universe that has so many characters and frankly when they did one remake really really like brought some interesting elements to that first story mm. it's like uh, i don't know just mm-hmm. not, not, not something i need expanded in a narrative way it's so funny because like all the Resident Evil films, like Huber's like, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy them for what they are. But there was one animated one where, it, like, Rebecca is a bride or something. He's like, don't watch it. I think that's, like, the <laughs> yeah, first he time. He said it's trash. Yeah, yeah outside of yeah. Resident Evil 6, I guess. But the first time, like, he it was, like, so aggressively pushing me away from a Resident Evil thing, which I thought was funny. I was skeptical about the Castlevania anime. and Holy, holy shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Too so. bad that Dragon's Dogma anime was... I'm just going to keep... Keep those expectations low. That's yeah. where I want yeah. them right now. Yeah. So it's good. Crossed. We'll see. Um, I guess moving into Resident Evil 8, I think the the big concern that I have, especially going off what they've already shown, like I don't know how big of a deal it's going to be, but it, I was kind of like shocked when they show uh, Chris killing Ethan's wife. And it's like, ah, maybe that would have been fun to like just see on my own. And so I'm, I'm like a little bit nervous because thinking about Resident Evil 7, like part of the fun is being surprised and seeing what's going to happen, both in terms of scenario and story, of course, even though like, I'm not a huge Resident Evil story person. It's like horror games, especially you kind of want to, you kind of want to be surprised, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm seeing gameplay of this. Like, are you worried that some of that fun is going to be taken away? Do you trust them with what they're going to show? I mean, I think that's always a risk kind of with, any gameplay thing. I yeah. feel like they'll show like very early parts of this game. Mm-hmm. Like I bet like that whole Chris and Mia thing is like the beginning of the game kind of right. thing like that. So that's a really big deal to me. And I feel like Resident Evil always has a lot of surprises, mm-hmm. like seven, yeah. a lot of surprises. So I think eight will kind of go in the same way. I'm I'm super skeptical whenever like an established story is like, oh, that one character's bad now. And you're like, yeah. they're not. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 They, uh, newsflash. That's spoilers. A good, a good point. They're they're not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's gonna be some cutscene later where you're like, oh, you were the werewolf, Chris. Okay. Or like, oh, you yeah. were trying to get got it. I remember like Fast and Furious was like, dude, Vin Diesel's bad now. It's like he's he's not, he's not <laughs> you know, yeah. like, come on. <laughs> and so like it's it's one thing if you want to tell that story, but like I'm nervous about the trailers leading up to it where they're just really pushing, look how bad Chris is. You're like, Man, you know a really good recent example of that is when they showed like Dark Ray for Rise of Skywalker, and you're like, no, she's yeah. she's not. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, um, well, it, because because it's like you're 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 guiding me in two different directions, and both of them suck. You know, either. <laughs> 
<laughs> either he's gonna repent and then that's what that was obvious or he quote. doesn't and then oh all right bye chris you know so it's mm-hmm. it, neither one has this <gasps> you know kind of resolution and so it's like it's cool it's fine if you have it but just don't like hang the entire campaign Game on, on it, it because yeah. then um or the third option which also sucks which is it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not as much of a story as you're expecting it to it's like well then why'd you waste all this time you know building it up you know mm-hmm. in the you know the, the the months leading up to release so not really focusing on that and it doesn't seem that's what, what people are focusing on they're really focused on like the coven and like yeah these weird ladies and like the whole vampire super you tall know. vampire lady who seems yeah. awesome like, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think st- I think there's still enough mystery there, and and yeah. I think, um, and I tr- boy, seven was one of those games that was so solid. Like I trust him. Yeah, you know, like oof, that um, boy did I play that game a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, same. I think eight, I think eight is. Uh, How spoiled are we? PS5. Like that Resident Evil has been so goddamn good recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. great. Um, of course, there's going to be a demo, right? Like that, that yeah. there mm-hmm. just is. Like it's not even a question. Do you think it's going to drop on the day of the showcase or that they'll just like announce a date for it or like what do you think? Not not the release date for the game, but just specifically the demo. I think the demo if they do it will be closer to the game's release. You think so? Okay. Mm. Yeah. And I think the demo is going to be like more in line how they did 7s kind of like almost it's weird own kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. I, I really appreciated stuff. how they approached yeah. the demo for 7. I think that'd be a cool idea. I feel but like I guess it, three sorry, wasn't. Sorry, I was gonna say I guess three remake was just same with two was just like the game. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I hope they shadow drop it. Like you know, oh, that'd be, that'd be, that'd that'd be cool. It, but... Yeah, it'd be awesome. Everyone would. We'd all download it immediately. Yeah. I think it'll be like a week. I think it'll be like the week after. Mm. Uh, not what I want. Of course, I want it like now. I want it. I want us to finish recording this podcast and we missed it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of an apples and oranges situation, but it is the same company. Um, Cause they had a monster hunter rise event and then they released the demo like right that same day. Of That's course true. we're, we're much closer. We don't have a date for resident evil yet. And you know, resident evil, or monster, resident evil rise monster hunter rise. It's right around the corner. That just made me think of like a resident evil game where you have a wire bug and you're just zipping around. Sure. Dude. I'd be into it. I mean, sure. it's, you got a grappling hook at four. Yeah. They could expand on yeah. that in a remake, you know, uh, that was actually one of the most enjoyable parts of world is all the crazy collaborations that they had. Yep. Like the resident evil event that they had in world was so was much super fun. Cool. Yeah. I, I can't wait for it. That kind of thing. Put a monster on her weapon in Resident Evil 8. Dude, give me the, like, the great sword. Yeah, you're like fighting <laughs> werewolves and vampires I mean, with the great sword. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Are we ready for some emails? Yeah. Hells yeah. All right. Our first email comes in from Samuel, who says. Uh, Happy New Year, Ben and Allies. At the end of every year, I look forward to go to discussions for my favorite outlets, especially Easy Allies. Uh, As someone outside of game coverage, however, I've started to notice how few of the major releases I actually play each year. In 2020, most of the games I played for the first time came out years ago. Uh, With that said, I wanted to give the Allies on Frame Trap a chance to share their favorite games that they played for the first time this past year that did not release in 2020. Uh, for me, Dark Souls and Bloodborne instantly 
catapulted themselves to top 10 all-time status with honorable mentions going to Shovel Knight and Cuphead. Thanks and have a great 2021. Hmm. Uh, I play a lot of games this year. I gotta think. I've got uh, I've got a couple that I can go through. Oh sure, yeah, go ahead. Um, so I've uh have been obsessed with Star Wars, and I had never played through Republic Commando before. I just played oh. through that very recently. It is fucking like I I am really shocked solid. at how good that yeah. game is. Yeah, really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've played through I played through. I played Knights of the Republic when it came out, but I'd never finished it. I finished it for the first time last year, and I just recently played through Knights of the Republic 2, and I love that game. It What it does with some of the themes of Star Wars is so goddamn cool um, and really had a great time. So those are two that spring to mind. Um, I don't know if this counts, but I played Xenoblade, Definite Edition this year for the nice. first time. Yeah, yeah. That did, I know Definite Edition came out this year, but the game itself is old. Sure. Yeah, for sure. That was great. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Brad. Yeah. Couldn't invest a lot of time in it, but I finally bought Dragon Quest Inquisition. I got that on PC. Dragon um, Age Inquisition. Dragon Age. Said, I was like, Dragon, Dragon Age. Quest. Yeah. yeah Inquisition. Sorry. Whoa. Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, and I, th- I think it's on Game Pass or something. I saw it somewhere. For I free think it on the is because had, like the EA I was like, oh no, why did I buy it? Oh, well. thing is on Game Pass. Yeah. But sure, cool. But um, but yeah, I got it on that PC, and and it th- th- that's something that I just I know I will like. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. e- even if if there's issues I might have with the story or you know repetition or something, it's just like I I loved one and two so much, and I played all the DLC, and um, that's just a, it's just my jam. Nice. But uh, I was like, gotta move on to other things. I was reviewing something, or but uh, I'll get back to it. Uh, our next email comes in from Caesar. Hello, allies. I've been mostly a Nintendo fan all my life, so I knew I would buy a Switch eventually. But during E3 2007, when that Metroid Prime 4 announcement came, I knew I couldn't get a Switch any later than... 17? Yeah, sorry. He said 2007. It is 2017. You're right. Thank you. It has been a while, but not that long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, When the Metroid Prime 4 announcement came, I knew that I couldn't get a Switch any later than when that game came out. Three and a half years have passed since that announcement. It's been almost two years since we last heard from the game. That being the video saying that development had restarted on Retro and then nothing again. Do you believe this game will ever come out? Will it even come out on Switch? I'm starting to think that it'll be a transition Mm. game between Switch and whatever comes next, just like Breath of the Wild was for Wii U and Switch. So again, what are your current thoughts on Metroid Prime 4? Uh, I think it'll definitely come out eventually, yes. 100%, but it could be, you know, I think it'll be a Switch game, but if I could see them, if this happens, being alongside the Switch Pro, like promoted mm. with that more. Sure. But I think if you have a Switch, you will be able to play Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I, this... <laughs> Literally, you describing that sounded like me before Animal Crossing came out, where I was just like, well, I guess we're not getting it. You know, like, here we are. It's amazing, and it's great, you know, but I was, like, astonished that they were, you know, it took as long as they did in the lifespan of the Switch to to release it. And then it finally happened, and it's, you know, the fastest-selling game in Japan, and it's it's like, I think Nintendo's really, Nintendo's just not rushing anything, anything, because there's no reason to for them, and so uh, I think... um, uh, yeah, I think we'll probably get a new Mario game and a new Zelda before we get Metroid. But yep. uh, I think they're just completely taking their time with it. And uh, they don't want to mess that up. They wanted that to be a big crowd pleaser. Yeah, and if they have to um, restart the game from scratch, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes a while. 
it's hard because with these predictions, especially with the pandemic, like I think it really throws a wrench mm-hmm. in. Like I'm Everything. not, I'm not, I'm sure how well each individual company has been able to handle the pandemic changes. And so I'm not sure what their exact situation is, but I don't know. I have, I have faith. Like 2022 doesn't seem crazy to me, but maybe that is crazy. I don't know. Um, no, that, yeah. Because Nintendo kind of blindsides you sometimes. Yeah, like, they yeah. definitely oh, yeah. Just because you haven't heard something doesn't mean it won't get announced like next week and come out in like September. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's kind of how they roll. And so, um, right. Yeah. I just, I just think it's, it's, uh, there's just no need. They just, and, and it's, it, it, we're in the era where you can kind of sense that desperation. Like you can sense the need for Disney to let us know that Indiana Jones is coming. You know, right. it's like, no, that's important to us to let you know that that deal was done, you know, or that you, you, oh, Star Wars games is coming. You know, it's like, they want to try to one up Ubisoft really wants to one up EA. They love that, you know? So like, they would love to be like, ha look that thing that they didn't do. We're doing. Whereas Nintendo's like, Nope. It is so much more, you know, so much more lucrative for us. It's such a better payoff for us to just hold our, you know, hold our, our, our cards close to the chest and then full house. You know, mm. like, ah. Yeah. Uh, our last email comes in from Ryan. Who says, greetings, Ben and crew. After the recent Game Awards trailer for Returnal, I found myself intrigued by the gameplay and world. I never really invested much time into a bullet hell shooter or even a roguelike game in the style of Returnal. With a close March release, I figure I would head to the PSN uh, PSN store and maybe pre-order. To my surprise, the game would have cost me 70 UK pounds. In comparison, mm. throughout the PS4 generation, new PlayStation titles would cost 50 or 55 pounds. This was God of War 2. Mm. I wouldn't hesitate the 70 pound price tag because mm. it's a story I'm invested in along with the gameplay loop I enjoy. However, I couldn't pull myself to pre-order Returnal as it's a new IP and I don't have confidence that the game will be for me, leading me to most likely waiting for a sale. Could this price increase lead to studios taking less risk with genre or new IPs, or will Game Pass succeed in allowing gamers to experience a smaller title like the medium day one for no additional cost? Hmm. I don't think it'll hinder, maybe not. Well, I mean, it could to an extent, but I think you'll keep seeing new things that are full price. Yeah. Like, we don't know, like, a ton about this game. We haven't seen, like, a ton. We've seen some of it, but... It's it maybe it's a little worrisome because it's House Mark's like biggest game ever and people don't know House Mark that well. Mm-hmm. And it might not be like the narrative driven kind of thing that sells super well. So I understand the skepticism about it. And like even I'm skeptical, like I don't I don't really know a ton about the game. Um mm. Yeah, I, I think the fact that like Returnal exists at all is is kind of like telling and the fact that that like it's been getting sort of the place that it's been getting in the presentation and I don't I, th- I think there are other games that you can point to along with this where I think Sony is kind of in this position this very fortunate position where they do have like surefire successes you know they have Last of Us under their belt they have God of right. War they have Spider-Man they sort of have these things that have they been have guaranteed wins yeah much. they have guaranteed wins and so I think while the the increase in price definitely sucks for consumers I think Sony is in a, in a fortunate position where 
they can take risks, and I think you're mm-hmm. going to see them do that. And I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're already showing that they are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Um, yeah, I don't see one person's mistake necessarily... Or not a mistake, but just like you're saying a risk. I don't see that generally affecting what, what other studios are going to do. You know, um, especially in long term, because you saw, you know, how, you know, I would hope Sony regretted their words and deeds in terms of how they handled No Man's Sky, like before it launched in terms of like public perception of what that even right. was. And then like, yeah, hey, we're really good, in really good shape. So I think over time, you know, that worked out. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I think I think if anything uh, Sony can kind of get too cocky sometimes in terms of like, you know, their expert expectations of stuff. Um, but uh, it, 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 when it comes to the risk taking of like a Microsoft versus a Sony, I definitely see Sony doing a lot weird, a lot more weird stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot more uh, trusting of studios to, to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because they know fans are going to just glom onto that and get really excited if they like a genre or like a studio. So, I'm actually really curious, um, and maybe the audience can provide some anecdotal evidence where, like, you know, I've, I've, Sony has really rightfully rallied behind its IP. And I think having things like the PlayStation Plus collection with your PS5, like, I wonder how many people, like, maybe missed out on a big thing. Um, oh, I'm sure a lot. And then got a new PS5, were very excited about it, and then kind of dug into those games. Um, how like if it just built up that player base even more yeah i'm sure yeah think about how many people are just playing like god of war for the first time yeah or bloodborne or something man i wish i could play god of war and bloodborne for the first time if that's you i'm very jealous same uh but i think that is going to do it for emails and therefore frame trap thank you so much to my panelists brandon jones and bradley ellis uh, if you would like to send in an email to the podcast, the address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Um, and it's also going to be in the description of where, ho- hopefully, wherever you're consuming this. Um, and also, one one final quick thing. Uh, all this stuff, Easy Allies, everything that we do is is supported by you guys. Um, go to patreon.com slash easyallies to find out more. Uh, even just throwing a dollar or five dollars our way really helps. Um, and there are benefits for all of those things. So if you are a dollar patron, you get access to a lot of our exclusive shows. Uh, if you're a five dollar patron, you not only get this podcast, Frame Trap, but you also get the Easy Allies podcast uh, a couple days early if that is something that interests you. But regardless, thank you so much for watching. Until next time.